Welcome to the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, episode number 51, where we discuss toxic fandoms, and I, or I would like to call this also the Star Wars Spectacular 2, <laughs> Attack of the Fans. Um, I am your host, Rob. Uh, also joining me tonight is Ben. Hello. Bill. Hello. Fish. Hello. Cat. Hi. And Jess. Greetings. Uh, obviously, one of the first things first, um, this probably sounds dramatically different than you guys are used to from our show. Um, no longer it sounds like six people yelling at a single microphone because we're no longer all yelling at the same microphone. Um, so we're all on our own mic. So um, I do apologize if there's any weird audio issues that run through the episode. This is, uh, I think, the only second time we're using this board. Um, so just uh, bear with me. Um, but uh, like I said, probably by the next episode, everything should be all hashed out. We could make it all six people yelling at your microphone, Rob, if you <laughs> really wanted it. Let's not do that, because um, my, my PC is really far from my line of sight, so it's going to be really hard for me to be like, ah, oh, crap, got to change things. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, let's uh, let's get started tonight. Um, and the opener for this evening is, would you guys rather no longer be a fan of a property due to a toxic fan base or prefer that no further content from that fan base be created? Um, let's start with Bill. This is a really hard one because it's no longer a fun <laughs> opener. <laughs> I, I'm going to preface tonight is not going to be as our, our normal silly, goofy. I, this is actually a pretty I, intense. It's so serious, I, You know what? Bill. I do have to preface something else too is Rob has more power now than he has ever had. I have that, mute buttons for each that one he of has you. mute buttons for all of us. Yeah, so if I, we tend to rant... Uh, yeah, he can just It's too much of a pain. He'll bring so up the it. orchestra in post. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could do that, actually. I can hook up a, a, an iPod or my phone to this. And just... <laughs> Next time. Yeah. God, this is, a, this is a really tough one. Yeah, right? Um, on a serious note, I didn't bring the bell this time because of the topics we're talking about. Fair. Um, you can bring it for, for next one. We're talking about cartoons next time, so it'll be perfect. Yay. You can also bring kazoos. So. Oh, yeah. nice. I'll play kazoo. Aww. Slide whistle. <laughs> I mean, I think I'd rather no longer be a fan of a property due to a toxic fan base um, because there's still people that are probably out there enjoying that fan, that, 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 that content, and I don't want to deny those other people that content. So I'd rather, you know, as much as I wouldn't want to deal with the toxic fandoms, um, I'd still want people to enjoy what they're getting out of it. Makes sense. Got. Um, yeah, for me too, I'd rather no longer be a fan of the property if uh, the fan base gets too toxic. I'm just, I mean, that's kind of kind of kill it for me anyway, but it would be a shame that the creator not be able to continue creating that because of the fan base getting too toxic or too shitty. Yeah. Done. I think Bill pretty much hit it on the head. I'd probably just not become a fan of that fan base anymore because of the toxicity of the other fans. I think in itself to say, oh, I wish they never made this anymore. In I think that in itself is partially buying into the toxic fandom. I think mm -hmm. that's, I think by saying that you're technically attacking that fan base and that in itself is a toxic, is a toxic fandom. Mm -hmm. Mike. Um, I actually see it kind of the other way. If you end the subject, then you end the toxicity of the fan base. Not if it's something that lasts longer, though. I mean, well, you look at you look at the. Length. There's always stuff that's going to carry on, but you're True. at the limit of how people are going to experience it. There's not going to be any new negative emotion toward everything. Well, I mean, a prime example too, just to get into a little bit, is Back to the Future. There's been no new Back to the Future content for years, but yeah. there's. But then again, that's not something that's a well, target of toxic fandom either. Right. Um, well, uh, at least not that I know of. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't believe so. But um, <laughs> but seeing the content come to an end, um, sometimes it has a right place. But I, I don't know of any specific fandom that I would put that at yet. Star Wars. Yes, oh. well, just, I love Star Wars. We're just gonna say it. <laughs> no, it should end. No, I'm just kidding. I only said that because I know can, you're a fan we, of it. Can we keep the TV shows? No. Oh, yeah. Well, it's so no mean. content. It's no content. It would be no content. Well, that's my question. So, no content, like Me canon too. content, or nothing or like no books, fan no... works, or fan no, art, or fic, fan... or like I think what fan does works that doesn't? Yeah, fan they works... can still do because that. I think that plays a huge part in fan it. Works so, still, still works. I mean, it's because again, yeah. it's a fan created work. I would um, almost prefer that like no canon content be created, but the fandom be able to continue on. Yeah, well, I, I mean, see that. You know, I mean, I, I. I kind of under, like i said and i definitely get with it where you and mike are coming from because mm-hmm. i i kind of get that too because that's kind of we've seen a lot of things die that no new content was being made from at all uh i mean one of the funniest things you could think of is like you know think of some of the voice actors that we grew up a lot of us have all seen videos of voice actors all on a panel where it's pinking in the brain being you know the characters from star wars I mean, mm-hmm. you know, star wars is going to come up a thousand and one times so why not here as well um <laughs> but hearing pinky in the brain doing the lines of star wars it allows your imagination to run wild with you but like animaniacs they didn't announce that was coming back yet at that point in time when that stuff was going around but it kind of created fan content to allow that to kind of live in a way yeah. um so where while there's was nothing official fan content can still allow that stuff to kind of breathe but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of in that weird spot where I've kind of fallen in the middle. As I wrote this question, I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to answer it. But I, I would say... It is a tough one. It's, mm-hmm. I'd probably say I'd rather probably no longer be a fan, but I definitely see where the two of you are coming from. I feel like it's hard to just go cold turkey on a fandom. I think yeah, it is. <laughs> but I think ultimately when we're talking about things like toxicity and fandoms, I think the moment that any of us would bail in this situation, we've dealt with so much that you're at a point where every time you deal with that, it lessens and lessens and lessens sometimes for so many people. Mm -hmm. And eventually you get to a point sometimes, and not for everybody. I know obviously Mike, like, you know. I I love Star Wars. Uh, I I haven't given it up because I love it. Yeah. Um, Other people can say what they want about it, and I will give them my reasoning as to why I see things the way that I do. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, you know, it's but I, there are so many people out there that will bail from a fandom because they just can't do it anymore. Right. Um, and I think for me, I that's for just my opinion, I step away um, and just look because there's so much great content that's out there for new creative outlets and new people that it's sometimes when you go back to the well too long on one thing, you're missing out on something brand new that you could also be falling in love with as equally. So. Um, all right, so why don't we talk a little bit about fandoms um, in the start start of this? So, what's the first fandom that people here felt like they kind of became a part of? Um, you know, we can like I'm just gonna look right at you. Um, <laughs> I I used to run around with my best friend and the kid who lived next door playing Star Wars when I was I don't know five six years old. Yeah, <laughs> that answers all the questions there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, there's a- and, and we would make up our own stories. You know, I kind of awesome. had like this couple little pieces to it, so you can kind of expand upon it if you want. But we can kind of add this as an additional part um, and just kind of continue to go around a little bit. But some of the other things that I'm thinking of too is if this is something that, again was just something that you kind of right. slowly walked into. If you had close friends, obviously you mentioned no, no, you, this was, it, it was head just, first. Head first, yep. let's do it. It was it was taking my friends out and mm-hmm. making up a story, so we were actually role playing and <laughs> playing Star Wars. Okay. 
You know, one of the questions I have for you, though, in this is, have you ever been judged for your fandom of Star Wars? Especially when you were a kid, when you, your, your fandom kind of first started. No. No. <laughs> uh, not, not over Star Wars. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, sure, but um, uh, whatever. I don't care what people think. <laughs> How about you, Kat? Um, my first one was probably books, because I read all of the books, and um, even, like, one of my first friends in grade school, we became friends because we read books. Um, but I think books is more of a medium rather than a fandom. I, I think in order to be a fandom, disagree, though, uh, disagree. But, well, you can be a fan Absolutely. of books. Well, I mean, but I, I would think about more, the texture I would think and more of what, what book series drew you into it rather than just saying sure. books. I was a fantasy geek. Yes. So like fantasy books specifically, but realistically, like it's still kind of broad read, though. Like I'm Not looking for like really. a specific series if that might have drew you If you call someone a horror it. geek, like horror movies, okay, cinephile, that's true. That's Fair the enough. same thing. Because I'm a horror if geek, you, so I, exactly. I, yeah, it's no different. Okay. It's just the format. Okay. So I mean, like, and I mean, trying to find other people who read fantasy books as a kid was tough. And then in high school, I was really into anime, and there was like no one with that either. So for the most part, I found some people that I could connect with with that stuff. Um. But like even like in high school, our big time for celebrating that stuff, because I mean, I had um, my cousin and I were always really close with that. But we would always just go to like the big conventions and stuff like that every year to celebrate it amongst people. Yeah. Um, Bill. So is there anything I liked um, when I was growing up uh, in grade school? So whether it was video games or music or movies or fantasy novels or things like that um I, I know this isn't really a specific fandom but i always had to keep quiet what i enjoyed because kids in my school were a little rough i got picked on for a lot of things and i didn't feel like i was getting picked on because it was just like oh you know oh look we're poking fun it's it's fun and funny and look at bill oh look and so and, for you, it was just kind of like your just general interests were yeah. a target. Of, yeah, of, of I mean, I was I was a target ridicule. in general because I wasn't part of you know the popular group. So no, I'm right there with you. Actually, I whether it was Star Wars or Transformers or whatever it may have been, like I was the kid that was walking around with like a Toy Fairy magazine or like a Wizards of the Coast book or like a price guide on Star Wars figures that I found at a flea market, and I was like obsessing over pictures because I never had the figures. And I'm like, and, but everybody would be like, oh, what, you know, you're going to go date, like, you know, like Luke Skywalker or things like that. And, you know, we're talking early 80s. So, like, you get called a fag in the hallway and stuff like that. It, it, it stung. Um, and it's when that was an average part of your day, it made you question. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I should be into other things, but I never could. I just, it just never was me. Um, and even to the point, like, I remember my family being like, Hey, do you want to go to a baseball game or go see basketball or something like that? Because they were even trying to get me into other things. Cause they knew how much I was getting picked on for my interests. Cause there wasn't a lot, just like you, like there wasn't a lot of people that yeah. shared those interests in grade school. Mm-hmm. So it, it was tricky. I mean, eventually I got to the point where I had like two good friends and we would you know, go to each other's houses and we'd play board games or we'd eventually play D and D with my father who introduced, you know, us to it because he had all these books and we had a fun D and D game. But would I ever talk about it with other kids at school? Never, because it was something that would, I'd get looked at and said, Oh, well, you know, you're the funny narrative plays Dungeons and Dragons. What is that? Blah, blah, blah. You know? 
So yeah, that's I, I never I, I've never really reflected on my childhood like this before. And oh. looking back at it, I'm like, wow, I had a we're opening a, up some doors that might not know, be able right? to be closed. I know, today. I well, know. No, I like tough now times. I'm with you though. This too. Is, I had two friends, and that was it. it my was, my friend yeah. circle was very very small. Yeah, yeah. Um, I took those friends into high school, and then fortunately branched out and found some other friends. Um, you know, good for me because one of them didn't actually go to my high school; he went to a different one. And you know, I found some other people who were into band because I was part of band and musicals and you know doors got open because I found other people that enjoyed what I enjoyed and people weren't as concerned with picking on the geeky kids anymore because there were 10 times the number of kids so yeah <laughs> they could keep to their own and have fun on their own without picking on everybody else how about you Jess Harry Potter straight up I mean there had <laughs> been things that I had engaged with as a, a child like Power Rangers I would go out and play Power Rangers with my family or whatever but Harry Potter is where I found friends with a mutual obsession and really it followed for years like you t spoke about running around playing Jedi we were the kids with sticks on the playground playing Harry Potter in terrible accents at the age of 10 <laughs> years old so yeah that was definitely it for me um, awesome. and I, I made a lot of really great friends that way that's fantastic mm -hmm. then uh you know what? I think mine goes back even further to Saturday morning cartoons, just like G.I. Joe Transformers, as you mentioned. I think it's, there's two. Saturday morning cartoons was my first fandom, and Ghostbusters was the other. Uh, you guys mentioned running around with, you know... Uh, you know, wands and and sticks and sticks. Yeah. Uh, I, I ran around with a book bag, pretending it was a proton pack. You know, that's that was my fan, and those were one. I did that early. one too. Yeah, I did as well. And until yeah. I was able to get the actual toys, where it had the little wind up thing that spun the little laser in the front and the trap that you actually Aww. opened with the foot. And oh. yeah, I, I was I was I Ghostbusters too. was all mine. So, <laughs> so obviously, again as. You know, Bill mentioned this is going to probably be a very different episode. <laughs> it's going to be episode. therapeutic. Oh, then, yeah. I think so. And I think that's good, though. I think it's really kind of great. Um, you know, I think it's it's interesting because, like, it's, this kind of went around a little bit where we're talking a lot about, like, our childhoods. But I think a lot of our fandoms, for a lot of us, that, like, where we really got into it is, like, middle school, junior high. Those are going to be yeah. some other big parts that continue to carry um, when you can kind of find a way to absorb yourself in that fandom a, a lot different ways. Because again, for a lot of us at that point in time, AOL was something accessible or even just early, just standard ways that we look at like the internet. Now we're like, it was angel fire, you know, sites. We have a good kind <laughs> of and GeoCities. We oh, have a good man. mixture of ages at this table. So it works really well. So I think we, we touch on all of those little eras really interestingly. Well, I think it's so interesting nowadays because I know this is something I brought up as a topic that I haven't looked down the list to see whether or not it's on there. Um, but in terms of, and I'm sorry if I'm going to jump ahead, but the day and age of social media now, you know, it's yeah, in there. We'll, we'll, it's right. Yeah, right. You know, there's so much more that people can jump on about and, and anonymous people attacking other people for what they like. But there's so much more where you can find your group and your tribe and connect with them. You know, I wish I had that back then where I could say, hey, I really like Ghostbusters or I really like Star Wars and Star Trek and mm -hmm. find other people that could say, hey, I really like that, too. Let's talk. Yeah. Being an anime fan like end of the 90s. You had very limited accessibility to everything, and I used to like get fan sub tapes 
like really shitty fan subs from a store up the street. It was a collectible store up the street. And like you kind of had to cobble that stuff together wherever you could. But you also didn't know like anyone who was into that stuff. So I used to I used to dial into the Internet on the days of (laughs) dial up overnight so I could download like one episode of a fan sub. And it would take all night. I and would then get the next my VHS night, tapes yep. from the store up the street. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like I, one of my favorites still is just like finding like even like it was like Weird Al rarities online for the first time and remembering when it took overnight to get a song and you're like, oh my god, this is brutal. <laughs> oh gosh, Weird Al. That even. Oh god, that was that Although was one that, of the things. That, that was, was one of the things that I was like that everybody was like, Weird Al. Who yeah. the hell is that guy? I'm like, oh. what? He's hilarious. He's really funny. And oh, I got that one too. Uh, Don't worry. See, I heard like I came into Weird Al late. Like I heard a couple songs like Fat and Eat It and things like that, but I didn't really fall into the Weird Al trap until like Amish Paradise, and, my, which was really late in his his discography. My parents, we had the VHS t- tape, the complete Al, the un authorized autobiography uh-huh. I, I have that still oh somewhere in my dad's <laughs> attic yeah uh, which is fantastic too because it's ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah. um but yeah no it was my very first cd and also my very first cassette tape too <laughs> i remember my very first cassette yes so i was a little bit younger at the dawn of the internet and um so even before i found my people my friends in the harry potter fandom um I was constantly creating content for myself, whether people around me liked it or not. One of the first things I remember writing was technically a Xena Warrior Princess fanfic just because I wanted to continue the story. I did the same with Star Wars up until I met other friends I knew who loved it as much as I did. So I definitely think the internet is making it easier, but I also think that kids are going to engage no matter what. I actually did did that with Back to the Future. I, I actually wanted to... As someone who's a fan, now I completely, now I'm, I'm the complete opposite ilk where if anybody decides to remake or continue Back to the Future, I will <laughs> destro- utterly destroy them. We will them. riot. Yes. Yeah. But when I took like screenwriting classes in college, one of the first projects I ever started was a new trilogy for Back to the Future because I nice. wanted to see this story continue. Right. And I think that's when you bring, when you break fandom down to its purest form, that is it, is that you love this content so much that you, you just want more. Yeah. Regardless of how you get that, even if you have to make it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure, um, Fish, you might agree with me at this on this one. Uh, you know, but Star Wars, there was this great moment that happened um, mid '90s, uh, probably about '96, if memory serves correctly. Uh, right. There was a little project called Shadow of the Empire. Yeah. Uh, that they treated as a huge thing. They they made a soundtrack. There was a book and a video game. Yep. There was no movie, but nope. they 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 had and the comic and a comic series. And they 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 but, treated it like a huge thing, and it was kind of like our first real like. Here's a lot more Star Wars than you've had in a long time. I mean, we still had books coming out and stuff like that, but like even the Timothy Zahn stuff was just kind of just only out for a couple right. of years at this point in time. Well, um, let's see. In in Star Wars, uh, the mid. Well, yeah, I mean, I first got back into Star Wars around the time the Zon trilogy came out and I started reading it again then. Um, I didn't like the theme behind shadows of the empire, but um, <clears throat> only because it had already been done in a comic book in Marvel in the seventies and you already filled in that time space. So why go back and rewrite it or actually the eighties because it was re- between empire and return. But, um, uh, but they went ahead and did it anyway. It got the stamp of approval. Um, I didn't get into it at the time. I started 
going back through stuff just because nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I did re- finally read it, and I, it was it was good. Yeah, it was fun. I, I'm I'm not disappointed. Um, but it, it's it's at first I wasn't a fan of it, but it wasn't something that I you know told other people oh don't don't read it it's terrible i just said i don't like it because mm-hmm. and well actually here's that actually leads really well into the next piece mm-hmm. is defining a toxic fandom versus a healthy fandom mm-hmm. um where the way that you stated that right. was like you're a fan of star wars you're like hey this little piece that they just put out not for me but it's right. not enough for you to say no 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 only what came before is A-OK, leave the rest alone. Right. So how would you guys define that a little bit or finding a way to kind of you know, expand upon that? I think a large portion of it has to do with the amount of gatekeepers. Um, when you see like the really heavily gatekeepered fandoms, like if you don't know, I mean, you know, there are things that I like, you know, when we got into Doctor Who. All of a sudden, there are people, well, it's the new stuff. So, obviously, you don't know all the single ones from the old thing and the episodes. You can't like it. And things like that where people get down your throat because you don't have every... And same thing with comic books and stuff like that. Oh, well, you don't know in issue XYZ where Green Lantern did this, so you're not a real fan. And when you get into like that gatekeeper aspect, I think that really super toxic at that point <laughs> well i think something else that can create a toxic uh, a um a toxic fandom is something becoming too popular at times doctor who's a prime example of that when the new series of doctor who started i got introduced to it maybe a season or two after it had started we were into the tenant days uh, approaching matt smith so i got into it and i really liked it and there was still a small circle of my friends that enjoyed it then I started going to Wizard Worlds and things like that, and I started seeing kids dressing up as characters, and you ask them anything about Doctor Who, and they don't have a damn clue about what the character that they're dressing up as. Yeah. It became too trendy, and I think that can, in some ways, can create, because it kind of almost turned me off of it because of that reason. Well, this goes back to the opener, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you would bail out of something. When yeah. would you bail out of something? But I still never bailed out of Doctor Who. I still watch it. Okay. I'm just yeah. not as big of a fan of it as I was at that time because of that. Well, I get that because I kind of lapsed off with zombie stuff. I used to be really into it when it was like a niche horror thing. And yeah, then when it's it exploded, it's, it just kind of diminished some of the fun for me. But the thing is, like... There's a difference between going, you know, it's diminished fun for me, so I'm stepping back versus it's all trash and you all need to stop. You know what I mean? It's the owning your own opinion versus assuming everyone has to have the same. Yeah. And, and that's that really the crux law. of the matter. Assuming everybody has to have the same opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's where we run into conflict. That's one of the big pieces here of kind of discussing, well, defining what truly is toxic. Because one of the, the other part is at what point is critiquing something going too far? Um, there is a big, big, big difference between critiquing something and having an opinion. And it's something that a lot of people have not learned. <laughs> Fun fact. You can totally critique the thing that you like, even if those aspects are negative, and still enjoy the thing. And I think that's Absolutely. where a lot of people get it wrong. Yeah. But there's also, just because you have an opinion on something doesn't make you a valid critic of it. Yeah. I, I Again, I... Ben and I talk about the Arrowverse shows every week. Arrow is a show that has had a lot of ups and downs, in my opinion. I still enjoy the characters, and I do I 
review it and critique it and say, I really wish it was back the way it was in these seasons where I think they really hit it home. And they're still telling fun stories, but it's not the caliber I wish they were. But I still enjoy being in that universe. But I don't, I'm not saying, hey, you shouldn't watch that show, you know. I I think using Star Wars again as an example too. I think just because oh we're gonna say Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars. yeah. I, I think um, what can also help class. I think it's it. I think it should also be said that something that is classified as a toxic fandom doesn't necessarily mean it applies to the entire fandom. Star Wars is a prime example, and the I think what of. I think what makes Star Wars in in some ways a toxic fandom is when it goes past that opinion to the point where people who are involved in these projects are shutting down their social medias and things like that because of these talk, these elements of toxicity in the fandom. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, to kind of skip very far ahead real quick, you know, as a little tease for the end of our show, uh, you know, the Mary fuck killed that we're doing in this episode is Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker and Ray three characters that are all leads of their own trilogies that all have an obscene amount of hatred towards, especially in the community you know, going back to episode one to current day with both Luke and Ray, and even people that just didn't like Luke that kind of dig at him, but will love other little pieces. And, but you mentioned things like, you know, actors that get angry, you know, people are getting angry about, we talk about Kelly Marie Tran, you know, Ahmed Best, all these people, you know, Jake Lloyd, all these people that have just been brutalized in their careers. One of them being a small kid, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, that's not able to step out of the shadow because of how brutal people have been to them. Not, not even talking about people like George Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, JJ Abrams. um, Oh my God. I can't think of Ryan Johnson, you know, all these people. And it's like, you feel for them. I mean, it happens not just obviously Star Wars, but across all kinds of pop culture projects. Well, you, the, another prime example of that, look at when the Ghostbusters did the all-female reboot. Leslie Jones mm-hmm. got tons of criticism to the point where she actually left Twitter for a while because of it. Now she's come back and she's very outspoken about everything. Now she just doesn't care, which I think is the way you should approach it. You, you shouldn't let it affect your life. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's pretty much what I was going to say. I think the line is when the fandom as a whole or sects of the fandom start attacking people who are creating that content. And that's when it gets a little more personal and you really need to differentiate the, the content itself and what you enjoy about that versus the people who are making it for you. Don't, don't go after those people. Uh, They might not necessarily be the ones making decisions. And that's what Fanon is for anyway. Like that's what Fick is for. That's what all of your headcanons are for. Like don't hate on those people who are just trying to bring you a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob and I, you you brought up you know the the DC stuff, and that, a good example of that is like while we may overly critique some things, and we while we may not like them, we never tell anybody don't watch it. We always t- we always follow up our opinions with watch this and judge it for yourself, mm-hmm. because we know other people's opinions are going to be different from us. Well, and I know, and I know, Jesse will probably appreciate this from an editing perspective too. Like, you know, I've been doing swaps with people for years and things like that and critiques and so but you see like a constant thread that a lot of people think that an opinion is a critique where it's like well i don't like it and so Mm -hmm. that's their critique that's not a critique that's an opinion they feel like their opinion is law yes Yes. but i don't like it is not actually a critique like when people criticize things they're giving a like an evaluation of Mm -hmm. it from a step back not just, well, it was dumb 
or I don't like it. Just because you feel a certain way does not mean that's a valid gauge of anything. Yeah. Mike, you'll tell you were about to say something. No, you're good. Yep, right there. <laughs> Not even when you pointed at him. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, when we were planning this, you actually made a comment. And it's something that's not here in context, but yeah. obviously we'll, we'll bring it up as we kind of right. talk. But it's it's that idea of um, not everyone's, you know, if it's, you know, not everyone's yum is, you know, or sorry, not if everyone's you don't yuck have, is your yum. Yeah. yeah. Don't yuck somebody else's yum. Yeah. Or uh, another way to say it is Get your if you don't have anything yang. nice to say, oh. don't mm-hmm. say anything at yeah. all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the big thing. I mean, that's what everybody learns about constructive criticism when you learn about it is I can say, hey, cat, you're not speaking into the mic correctly. <laughs> but unless I follow up with, hey, you should try to speak in front of the mic like this. So it'll pick up, pick up your voice a little bit better. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing behind it. There, there's always you can always pick out somebody's flaws or weaknesses in a story or, or property or something that they've written. But unless you can offer, hey, here's how I would have done it, and it may have done it a little bit better, you know, and and saying it, it's all about, again, it's all about the tone. I didn't like, like it. Well. Here's why I didn't right. like it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And Kat, don't worry, you were talking to the mic fine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, and to go back on mics, like, if you have nothing to say, don't say anything at all. Uh, a prime example of that was the screening of Fantastic Four that I went to, where I was actually asked by the Fox rep in the theater to stick around and give my opinion of the movie. I did not have a good opinion of that movie. So rather than try and make up something I didn't like, I just hated the movie, I walked away. And I did not yeah. talk to that rep. I mean, I, I think had nothing it's okay. nice to say. So, But even if you had something critical to say, there's nothing wrong with that, though, right. too. True. But, it's about, but I, it wasn't they, critical. They, it was nasty. Okay. okay. <laughs> if it pushed you into that emotional sphere where you couldn't give a balanced criticism. Yeah. It was, I paid for parking to come to this theater for a free movie screening that I wish you paid me to come and see it. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the issue is that fandoms get so personal. I mean, we just spent how long talking about our childhoods and the things that we remember about the fandoms that we've engaged in. So it's hard not to feel strongly about mm-hmm. it, to kind of invest in these characters, invest in the outcomes, invest in the relationships. And then, you know, that's where the toxicity kind of comes in. Well, my heartfelt ship is not yours and you're wrong because my two are meant to be and not yours. And it's just, mm-hmm. that's, and that's a large part of and it. And something we'll get a chance to go into in the back half of the episode was um, why it's so difficult to let go of a fandom at mm-hmm. times where sometimes, you know, um, it, you know, again, I hate to say I keep doing this, but Star Wars is because yeah. it's actually, it's a really great point that Fish brought up is, and then we'll get into it then, but it's that idea of at what point in time where, okay, well, you like a small fraction of content that's created but maybe the rest of the content was not ever created for you. And that's okay to say, okay, I can move on to something else. There's a big difference though, when it's a huge ideological difference, because for example, I'm going to bring it up comics gate. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've been dealing with it a lot. I have a lot of friends oh who God, have been affected sure. by it. And that's just straight up something different. I feel like it's, it's a very toxic situation for the different sides of the fandom, but there's a difference between, I don't like the way the show went or I don't like the way the movies were directed versus so now you have Nazis in your fandom. And I feel like that's a huge difference and something to be aware of as well. That's Mm -hmm. a huge issue. Um, Oh my God, I forget what I was going to say. Sorry, I kind of brought it down there. No, that's a serious thing though because it was happening a lot with, um, and that is like they are kind of jumping into a lot of 
I have a lot fandoms of and anything yeah. like anytime a fandom tries to do something progressive, they're like the Nazis oh. come slinking in. Like yeah, well, there's there's a lot of that that happened recently. You know, you, Chuck Wendig is one of those people that was yeah. severely mm-hmm. targeted and, and all of that. You know, you saw um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of his name um from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, oh. The uh, James Gunn. Gunn. James, James Gunn. Gunn. Yep. James Gunn was another. One I was thinking Peter Gunn, but that was a that's a song. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was something that was massive. Uh, that it was had a huge huge point. So that actually kind of rolls us into the first time. See if there's anything here that any of us recall. Maybe that some of the first times you witnessed toxicity in fandom, um, and it could maybe be more recent in your life versus being a kid. Um, but you know, what was the context, you know, did you jump in, didn't defend anything? Did you feed into it? Did it leave an impact on you? So Kat. Um, I dealt with it pretty early on when I was trying to get into fandoms was the hardest thing. Like I was really interested in role playing and I tried to play a game of D and D with people and they were dicks and that complete and the very gatekeepery. I wasn't playing my character right. I was being too silly. It was not. And I'm just a goofy person by nature. Like, and I built my character to be too. I actually like tailored it to fit, but you know, this is not okay and blah, blah. And it has to be this way and blah. And you're not doing things right. And so for a while I'm like, well, screw that then. But then I eventually started into LARPing and you know, it was a lot more fun and I'm like, Oh, okay. This is what it could be. But, same thing with um thankfully i had you and tj with comics when i was like getting into that i guess i got into that when i started around when i started college and you guys were like here are ways to jump in here are jumping in points like and we're very encouraging rather than but if you were to go anywhere and start talking about it all of a sudden you get like but did you read this and if you didn't read this you had to da 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 and like you had to justify every single thing and it's like that's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get to Bill because he hasn't talked in a little bit. So <laughs> so you, you mentioned Comicsgate, and this reminded me mm-hmm. of Gamergate. And um, mm. unfortunately, I think from my recollection, I really feel like I've been sheltered from toxicity in fandom. I didn't realize it or didn't notice it up until that point. Um And this kind of goes along with what we're seeing in society nowadays with all these opinion pieces here and there where people are saying, hey, this is the real story. No, this is the real story. And I bought into it and I fed into it for a hot minute and I realized my mistake. And it's left the the, the big impact that it's left on me is that I need to question my sources and question what is actually happening and realizing what's going on instead of what people are saying here and there and listening to just a couple of different voices, not, you know, listening to all of the voices. What was the, the issue? Right well, I, I remember it was actually probably one of the first episodes that we did. Yeah. Um, um, I think we talked I about it in the Anita Scarkeesian. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, I thought, Oh, well, this is what they're talking about. And then this is all about journalistic integrity and blah, blah, blah. And a whole bunch of bullshit. And, and didn't realize that, no, this is actually somebody being attacked by a very sophisticated net of people that are trying to bring one person down. It's crazy. It's really intense. Um, but I think one of the first examples of toxic, uh, <clears throat> toxic fandoms that I remember 
And when you talk about something, you know, if you would defend it and things like that, it's something that I still to this day defend. Uh, and I think I've even defended it with a couple people in the room right now is the television show Lost. <laughs> it was one of those things that, you know, people were it had a lot of fans in the beginning. But as the show progressed, more and more fans started to turn against it, even to the point where they were criticizing Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cruz. And they were banned. They, they wouldn't watch any other projects that they did or anything like that. J.J. Abrams was getting a lot of flack. And, it, and it, a lot of people were chugging it up to, you know, a decline in the writing of the series, questions being unanswered, the last season being horrible and hard to understand. And I still to this day defend if you didn't, if you didn't understand it, you just didn't get it. And like I still to this day will defend that series. But I think there's a difference between having like, again, a critique with it because People are allowed to not like it, but I do say, like, people do get very vitriolic about Lost mm -hmm. in the ending. So I can understand your take on yeah. that. Especially if you enjoy it, too. Like... And it's really brutal to be told something that you thoroughly enjoy. And it's one of those things that anytime I meet somebody like that who over and over, like, says, like, no, it was absolutely horrible. They're, you know, it was, they didn't do it justice or anything like that. I will try to explain my view of the series as to why the ending made sense and it worked. Yeah. So, I have never watched it. I don't plan to. <laughs> <laughs> Convince me otherwise. I can't, like, you need to have seen the series in order to But I also that. think there's nothing wrong with like, if someone doesn't want to be convinced and they just want to have their opinion yeah, too. I try and if it doesn't work, then I move on. I, I don't let it affect my love for the series. It's exactly. okay. I'm never going to watch Lost again <laughs> because I've never watched it the first time. <laughs> there you go. There you we go. just never finished it. Yeah, we, we got no, sidetracked. For no reason. Yeah. Like it wasn't that we didn't like it or anything. We just, just got sidetracked. We got sidetracked. I'm, pod I'm podcasting on the show now. I mean, it's, you know, I still love the series. I could watch it with a fresh set of eyes. I mean, my first set of eyes. <laughs> uh, for me, actually, I'm going to flip this is the first time I witnessed toxicity in fandoms, I was kind of responsible for the toxicity. Um, and it's because I didn't quite understand. And I think that's some, uh, probably all of us have been responsible for that at this table in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. Um, but I think that's the first time I really understood. I, I kind of fell into the pressure of it a little bit. And I, and I, I'm going to apologize to fish because I think I, I did dug hard into how bad I thought episodes one, two, and three were for so long. And it kind of felt like it become it became the norm. It's just that it's, well, everybody hates it. You know, it's like, it, there's nothing. Episode one was amazing. And, but it's like that whole, oh, there's, God, I'm leaving. there's nothing good about it or something like that. And like, and I, like I just dug my heels in to the point yeah. where I constantly felt like I was berating people that brought up that they had an interest in it or enjoyed it. And like, as I got older, I was just like, no, no. It's like, no, maybe it just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. And then as I have got older again and I went back to things, I'm like, no, there's definitely enjoyable parts of these. It may not be from start to finish in my opinion, but like there's things I enjoyed. <laughs> but like as, you know, even Clone Wars happened, I was like, well, you know, I'm not sure I dig this. And I'm like, no, nope, I thoroughly love this. And then Rebels and then Resistance comes out and I'm like, nope, this just wasn't made for me. And that's okay. Right. You're not the and, target audience. And, and, that, again, and that's walking in and saying, no, it just wasn't for me. And that's kind of how I am with Rogue One at this point, too. Like, we've talked about that before. I'm not a yeah. fan of Rogue One. It was I, fine. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not toxic middling. against it. I don't... Did you like Solo? Very lukewarm I love Solo. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Take bits and pieces that you love. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's what it was. It was I definitely felt like I was one of those people that was feeding into that hatred for so long and said, nope, Star Wars is dead. They shouldn't do anything. But like, I was still that same person that said, oh my God, they're making 7, 8, and 9. And I'm like, well, I kept saying I gave up on it and there was nothing good about it except 1, 2, or 4, 5, and 6, whatever you want to say. But 
Um, but then I was like, no, I'm being an ass. And it was one of those things that I kind of had to learn to deal with. And I'm like, no, that's not how you treat things that you have an enjoyment with or people that are around you have an enjoyment with. So I, it, that was a big thing for me to learn. So, um, anybody else? I am Jump forever in? toxic to Michael Bay and the movies. Me that too. He <laughs> but really, honestly, I'm not because I love things like The Rock and uh-huh. Con Air. Um, <laughs> You'll just I have very that crit- heavy criticisms them. on it's his style of, tra- of directing. It's more because of Transformers, isn't it? it? It's it is really because of Transformers, and it's <laughs> funny because I I don't I don't consider this a toxic opinion. I didn't like Transformers because it actually made me fall asleep. I didn't think it was very exciting, even during the big action sequence at the end, which is where I fell asleep. Um, no, but, but yeah, that's it's a it's a kind of comical aside. Mm-hmm. It's really not mm-hmm. that that heavy. You still need to watch Bumblebee. I do. I just want to make a quick comment about the Star Wars prequels because. Um, I was a bit younger when they came out, and I thought they were, like, the best thing. I had seen oh, 4, yeah. 5, and 6. Like, I had seen them. My dad had shown them to me from the time I was little. But I adored them as a kid, and, yeah. like, it really helped fuel my love of that fandom. I mean, looking yeah. back now, I can be like, oh, my gosh, some of those uh, – there's a lot of issues that we could talk about with those. But, but you can go back to 4, 5, and 6 and say the same thing. Same thing, absolutely. Yeah. But for it's me – generational. Like, it's- I – yeah, and I remember hearing all of the people it's, saying, you know, these movies are terrible, and I would defend them just because they, they gave me so much enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's, a, it's it, They've always been made as family films, yeah. always. And if you're at that point where it's you want that edginess, and you're like, well, why it's not there? I right. keep thinking that these movies are the be-all, end-all of everything. Then watch a new sci-fi movie. Exactly. There's plenty out but there. Again, sure. uh, you know... You always have to remember for any movie, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, horror, it's always going to be somebody's first foray into one of those genres. And they're going yeah. to have it something that they're going to hold near and dear about that one film for whatever reason it may be. Exactly. And the cool thing about Star Wars bringing in the prequels and Doctor Who bringing in the new series is that they really were meant to introduce a new generation of fans to the material and mm-hmm. grow the fan base that way. Yeah. Yeah. And just a quick, real fast point, uh, you know, Ben, you mentioned seeing kids dressed up as characters from, like it was Doctor Who, and that's kind of off-putting. But at the same time, though, those kids now are probably big fans of Doctor Who. And I think that's there's nothing bad with that. And I don't think, I think that's one of the things that we got to be careful about a little bit nowadays is not writing off people because they have an interest. It's no different than like when we were talking like 15, 20 years ago when, you know, like... Women have always been allowed to enjoy video games and stuff like that, but how often do we always hear that it's just like, oh, well, name six things like uh, that, like to prove that you're a fan. There's nothing positive about doing that, I think, and it's it's kind of like, well, they don't have to have the same knowledge. Base. I don't need to show you my nerd card, you know, like yeah. I don't need to yeah. prove that I have a place in this fandom. It's something I enjoy. Let me enjoy it. And it's a mm-hmm. huge turnoff when it's like, oh, great, okay, I guess this like because it it kind of kills the fandom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely diminished things for me for a long time for a lot of different fandoms because I'm like, ew, that's. Kind of shitty. I guess in some ways, then that was me being a toxic fan towards something that I actually enjoy. And sometimes, bit. again, there's a part of it when I think it's because when we really love stuff, there's hard not to become a gatekeeper of it. And I think that's what's difficult is when you fall yes. in love with something. Is Maybe you, want, the you want to hold it near and dear. You know? Well, partially that. And then partially I think there's the, you know, if you were picked on for it growing up and things like that, you get that much more defensive over it because you were the weird kid who liked the things that everyone made fun of you for. Mm-hmm. So I get like there's a lot of emotional layers to that. 
and not everyone knows how to process those. You're not a you're not a true D and D fan unless you know what Thacko is. I have no idea what that is, and I've been Me gaming. <laughs> what is that? Armor class zero. Yeah, there we go. There's a true fan oh, right oh, there. Man. Gatekeeping. No. Yeah, Cease I can tell you because I mean, again, it's it's a matter of way, how you express mm. your passion for. Because here's the thing: if someone really loves, you know, a certain franchise or something like that. And they spend hours and hours and hours into making a cosplay. Why is that less than reading all the back issues of something that's been around for years? You know what I mean? They they both like the thing for a reason and devote an inordinate amount of time to it. But being able to recite a team tie, like, you know, a whole list of names does not make it. You know, does not devalue the other thing either. You do not need to get a hundred on a quiz to be a fan no, of, a, right? of a thing. I mean, ultimately, too, like if you're, say, for example, even you bring up the idea of cosplayer, you could be a cosplayer and say, you know what, I don't know a ton about the lore of this, but I think the character designs in this property are phenomenal, and I'm going to devote all my time to making those those designs because I think they look stunning, and I would you're love appreciating to see them the art and in, in, in real world. If someone's putting that much freaking time into it, kudos! Yeah. Like that's awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bill, your comment about D&D made me think about <clears throat> if if you don't know the true name of Marty's band in Back to the Future, you're not a real Back to the Future fan. Oh, I God, help I me. Don't I don't know it. Pinheads. Shockingly. <laughs> I'm a toxic yeah. fan. <laughs> oh, my God. But again, it's only a toxic fandom if it's like, well, then you're not a fan. Because really, like, if if you like memorizing things, cool. I hate it. I read so many freaking fantasy books growing up. Like, I would blow through books. But there are five billion names to remember, and I can't tell you half of them. I can't tell you half the plot lines, because if I had to keep room in my head for that, I couldn't read more books. Like, I want to read new stuff. Well, that's like me, with Game like... Of, like me with Game of Thrones. I've read the books. <laughs> yes. I've seen every episode of the series. I'm a huge fan. I, there's still people in that series. Oh I can't God. tell you yes. their name there if I've seen them. So and I've been watching names. them for seven seasons. I read Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time like, is tough to get through. Five thousand. Oh my characters. gosh! Yes. So just jumping back to uh, the whole idea of the gatekeeping. If somebody does ask you a question, yeah, just say I don't know what. Wait for them to give you the answer and say thanks. Now I'm a fan. <laughs> Nice. I like that. Well done. That's that's I think the best diffusal technique I've like, ever heard of. You know, I guess what I don't get is okay. You have people with lots of like knowledge. For example, so what was a very positive experience for me with fandom with comics was you and TJ being like, I have all this knowledge and I want to share it with you. Not I have all this knowledge, but you don't. So screw you. You can't be part of my club. Or as simple as, hey, there's six long boxes in there. Just go through and find something that you dig. Yeah, and which it, was really and cool. And it's kind of like, well, what kind of stuff are you into? Well, maybe these ones, any of these series might pique your interest. TJ Hooked Do you just fables. like the artwork? <laughs> well, to a degree, though, that's also, I mean, that's kind of what I do with the Lost podcast. That's kind of what you and I do with the DC podcast is anytime, like, we're expressing, yes, we're giving our critiques to the show, but we're expressing our love for the series, too, at the same time hoping that people who listen are also sharing in that. And at the same time, there may be elements of backstory to these things like comic books that you bring up about certain characters that appeared in certain issues that I don't know that you'll share with me and that we're just sharing with the listeners. So we're doing the same thing in essence when you do a podcast about something as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the early things we did in that show and I'm glad we stopped doing it because it's a nightmare to have to, to keep go through it. that whole decks was like whenever they did a villain of the week episode and said they first appeared in this issue if you want to go back and check it out on comiXology or something like that or if you want to dig and it was That's a great cool. entry point and it was really cool but then it was like i, I don't feel like yeah. having yeah. to do that library it's becoming research. too much <laughs> yeah 
especially because comics are so massive that it really is nice to have someone to say, hey, maybe take a look at this arc instead of being like, you haven't read all of this that happened. Or it's like, you which continuity time? do you exactly. want to discuss? Exactly, exactly, you know. too. There's so many continuities <laughs> well, and universes. And like, and, yeah, like mm-hmm. you haven't read these 3,000 issues plus these issues that you can't actually get because they're super rare and blah, blah, blah. How dare you not grow up the same way I did? Right. Oh, my God. Like... Well, why don't we jump into, we'll talk about the nasty one first and end before break on a positive note. So oh, okay. what do we feel the most toxic fan bases are? are currently star wars it's gotta be said yeah. unfortunately it I mean, it's just if it's, you look at the example i don't know that we... back to the future crowd's looking pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> what? i don't know what you're talking about i will i will jump in here with one that i think is going to trump both of those yeah the final fantasy fan base Ooh, mm. that can be very rough yeah no it's true and the I, whole the whole discussion between well which is the best this Final one's Fantasy? better the first yeah, one ones, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it, sorry did none of you play six? the first one I know you is did is it six oh wait a minute no I think it's three well three is actually six blah 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 like, <laughs> yeah. like and it's just like yeah. I don't like seven and how dare you say you don't like seven you know like we, or I've six heard, or, I've heard yeah. that, those conversations oh, so I will overly times. criticize anybody who says they don't like seven <laughs> I didn't say I don't like seven I just didn't say it was I'm the not, best. I'm only kidding <laughs> <laughs> I've but, only played seven, so I really can't jump into this conversation. Ten is fun. Okay. Yeah. So, ten is so, fun. So I now think, that we've um, started the top, sorry. I think on. Game of Thrones in there too. Game of Thrones has this weird dichotomy of book fans versus TV show fans, and if they intersect or not. And that's been interesting to watch from afar. That absolutely has, but also the level of hate the creator gets. Also and, true. Like I he mean, gets that hate because he hasn't released a book he's well, been promising for Well, I think the difference is what Game of Thrones did is unprecedented because the show caught up to the book and, and they've been creating yes. new content. It surpassed it. That yeah. is so unprecedented. Here's the thing. While I may not, while I may be disappointed by that, the amount the amount of hate levied at him is what's problematic. Okay. You can have your disappointment and be like, "Man, I wish he would finish the books." That's I mean, totally Robert fair. Jordan died. I know he it's finished true. Wheel of like, Time. So. And again, I was a Wheel of Time fan. I was a huge Wheel of Time fan back in high school, and I dealt with like those shenanigans. But you got, like, you got to separate those fans: the ones that are toxic because he hasn't released a book, and the ones that are generally concerned for his health and well-being, and that they're not going to be able to see their favorite series finished. Most aren't really concerned about his health and well-being so much as they're concerned the series won't get finished. And it's, again, it's the levying at the creator issue. Neil Gaiman wrote a really, really good article called George, it was um, titled, George R. R. Martin is not your bitch. I would highly recommend reading it. Neil Gaiman is one of my favorite humans. amazing. But it also brings up like some very valid points. Like you don't know what's going on in someone's life. You don't know, you know, say they have mental issues or things like that, or it's like sinking very deep into depression or things, and they can't write. And it's a thing like that. So to, again, it's one thing being disappointed. Everyone's allowed to feel that. It's, man, I wish. Mm-hmm. Content to, creators don't owe their fans anything. Right. Yes. But and to it's... levy that hatred at them is a whole different problem. And that's a massive amount of toxicity. And to give you a little jumping uh, continued off point is it's very rare that a creator will ever say that. And it's one of the things that people were really surprised uh, for anybody that's fans of the Dresden files. Jim Butcher came out and actually said, there hasn't been a book, a book out in X amount of years. And he said, let me sum up my last four years of my life. And he was like, my writing companion who I was been by, sat by my like side or on my lap, died his dog died which was like one of his closest connections to anything his marriage ended 
uh, he fell in love. He had um, health problems that was going on with dental stuff. He had a new house built that was supposed to be built in six months that took three years. He, had, he was stuck in a little apartment, got married, and then had a house to write in again. And he was just kind of like, and no one's, he did not need to tell anybody any of that. But no. he was like, hey guys, this is really what is going on behind the scenes. This is not the way that most writers write, but it's the way I write and I ask you to just be respectful. Mm-hmm. And again, George R. R. Martin because I had a thousand and one more things than what Jim did to get to that point. So, and it's, I think it's one of those things that's kind of keep in mind where people's lives are. They don't owe you anything. I can think of two, uh, two more to add to the list on top of Game of Thrones. One of them uh, is one that I, I'm critical of, but I've never been toxic over. The other one, I will freely admit, I have been toxic against probably from the start. The first one is Walking Dead. Walking mm-hmm. Dead is another one that you compare, you know, the written page to the to the on screen, the differences, people can be overly critical of that and be and there can be toxic fandoms from that. The second one is the Twilight series. I have been <laughs> overly critical and toxic from the start. It is garbage. That's all I have to say about that. But I also think so. <laughs> I, I have a lot have, to say about that, but we'll talk of, later. I have a lot of issues with certain messages from the Twilight series and certain issues with the way it's written. But if someone's enjoying something yeah. and they're reading, good, please I can't read. be I mad that people, people are books. reading. But yes, well, I can't. Really, but that's My livelihood reason, depends on people reading books. But that's also one of the reasons why I stopped that conversation saying, and that's all I have to say about that. I'm no, yeah. I think there's a lot to critique about it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think people are finally realizing that. Not that they didn't before but a lot of former fans but you have to understand when i was 16 that shit was great (laughs) yeah a lot of i never got into it because i was a little like it just wasn't my cup of tea but like the thing is it got people reading and it kept them reading and like the more you can like rather again you can turn it into a constructive dialogue by going okay you like twilight that has some problematic messages, but you like werewolves and like, vampires. In my case, read this. Yeah, I was already reading all the vampire novels I could get my oh hands my God, me on. Too. I read so the fact that Twilight was there and that it was this big but thing he's not a vampire. made me feel <laughs> he is too. Okay, we're not gonna See, get into it. We're not gonna get into it. We're not gonna get into We're gonna play nice because because then now you're shutting down again. You can turn it into a positive dialogue. You just look at like, okay, you know, Fifty Shades did a lot of damage for erotica authors. I have a lot of really strong feelings I about that too, but I'm not going to be mad at people reading it. But when someone, you know, because I interact with a lot of romance readers, I'm a romance author. So a lot of them will be like, oh, well, I really like Fifty Shades. If I go and tell them, well, that's shitty and you're shitty for liking it, that immediately loses me a reader. Well, that's the thing. I've never, I've never told book. anybody they were shitty for reading it. I just said, well, what you're reading is shitty. But then but sometimes that can shut people down I've, immediately. I freely admitted I was toxic towards it. <laughs> But that's the thing. So a lot of times when people say that, I go, well, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but I really like this BDSM romance. It's really well written. Have you checked this out? You could read that. I would also like to kind of talk about the difference between outside critique of a fandom and fandom wars. Because I feel like fandom wars are a very large part of fandom toxicity as well when like people are fighting each other. Yeah, we haven't really talked about that a lot, but like... Oh, yeah. No, oh, like a well, huge part. Like shipping examples? wars. Like, okay, Twilight. We're going to go back to Twilight. You had Team Edward. You had Team Jacob. And do you know how many arguments there were on the internet over oh, those I and in imagine. person? And a lot of that 
And yeah. people can get real nasty too. Very nasty about their ships. Um, well, what I was, one of the things I was going to say is uh, something I view as a toxic fandom is the fans of the Marvel Films universe. The, I think that and can DC. get really, Again, Marvel really versus brutal. DC. I would actually say more yeah. DC than, than Marvel. Uh, I disagree. I, I'm, but... I'm stating in along the lines because you're not, I don't think you know where I'm going with okay. this. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I, I see so many people that are very into, you know, the, the Marvel films as a whole. And will the state, okay, a DC movie is coming out and not, they will openly clearly state, I will never see that. Everything DC puts out is trash. Um, I, I see that very commonly. And it, it's, it's kind of like, okay, you know, that's going a little extreme, but it felt like it also became the cool thing to hate on DC films. Like maybe was, that's maybe that's where I'm I'm thinking more DC in that it's the it's the Marvel people you're right that are saying everything DC puts out is trash because Marvel is top no matter what happens. Well, so here's the thing though too that that those two companies have such a long-standing history of rivalry Although, that it's whoever's in power and yes. guaranteed there's probably been points in time where DC was the top dog and people were shitting on Marvel too. There's also been so points in time where they got along. Yes, that's true. They've, let's, done, they've let's done crossovers. Go to that. Can we go to that, guys? <laughs> well, it's, it's what oh Jess was just kind of nodding to is kind of the the, the, the fandom wars. Uh, one of the most key ones that I think all of us here at this table know is like it's console wars. Like, you know, mm. going from oh, that's a big one. Nintendo yeah. versus, Bill, I know versus Sega. You know, Sony versus Sony Xbox versus, Xbox. versus Nintendo. That's you know, PlayStation, the by the way. Oh, I just, I just get the Sony camp. I, I just get them all to, settle the, to settle the war. But I mean, it's, it's very common that that is that's one of the longest lasting ones I can think of that has yeah. that line in the sand has been drawn a long time ago. I will say I don't really care about the console as long as I can play Dragon Age, so I'm fine. And this is why you can play it on PC. <laughs> I'd be fine. Actually, I played Mass Effect One on PC because it was easier to play on PC than console. And then I went to play two on PlayStation. Right now I'm playing Dragon Age on Xbox. So, I mean, really, I don't care as long as I have my Bioware. Uh, I don't actually have an opinion here. <laughs> oh, no, um, I'm saying as far as the, like a the, toxic fandom for you. The toxic fandoms. Oh, uh, I, I will say Star Wars. Um, <laughs> there, there are a lot of fans who don't love any of the new stuff and don't love any of the anything except the original trilogy. And I still question: Are you, are you really a fan if you don't? If you love... like like an, a tenth of what exists in that, that <laughs> or if you're not and, even willing to give it a shot? And, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you like the books, that's great. You live in the old universe. That's that's fine. I, I it, but just because you like that more than you like the new stuff doesn't mean you have to tell me how much you hate the new stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Any other big toxic fandoms that we can think of? No, not really. All right. So I would say now the most positive, and I'm going to jump this off right off the bat because when I thought about it, I'm like, no, I don't think I've ever heard anybody angry about this. I wonder if it's the same one I'm thinking is, of. Is Firefly. Yeah. I don't know. I think mm. yeah. the only thing you can say that's toxic is the fa- Firefly fandom's hatred to Fox. Fox. But, but that's, that's, right. that's okay and warranted. <laughs> I think that's that's very warranted. Fox no. isn't I just don't like Nathan Fillion <laughs> because of Firefly. That's the furthest from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I would say Firefly's got one of the most positive fan bases. I mean, again, you, you know, there's the brown coats out there that like do the stuff the same way, like the 501st and all that. Mm-hmm. So, 
So I think it's, it's, the, it's the one series that anytime you you have a discussion about shows that have been canceled too before their time, Firefly is the always number one show that up. always comes it's up true. first. Yeah. And I was going to say, we were talking about it before the show, but I feel like, you know, internally, the My Little Pony crew seems to be pretty happy. Mm. They have, oh, is there <laughs> other things? It's fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know. It was kind of co-opted by oh, no. bronies. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> One of the ones that I can think of, and I might be stealing this from Jess, so I apologize. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter. I know there are people that I know who (laughs) who aren't into fandoms at all. They're not into like they're they're sports addicts. They watch baseball and football and everything else. But they're when you bring up the topic of you, you can bring up Firefly, you can bring up Star Wars. They know nothing about it. But you bring up Harry Potter, and they've seen all the movies. They've read all the books. I, in my own personal experience, I don't ever remember hearing anything toxic about Harry Potter. Jess, do you do you want to piggyback on that first? Yeah, I just want to kind of touch on that I'm for a second. For the most part, no, like not from the outside. I mean, there have been some things within the fandom over the years, but I mean, that's with everything. Yeah. Um, We're not saying other any than of these the properties fa- are squeaky clean. No. No, but other than the fact that, like, I, I would really prefer she stopped creating content. <laughs> um, well, I think that's where a lot of people are. Cause, but like, I like Fantastic Beasts. It's fine. Maybe not the second one, but well, I like the first one. So I think a lot of her new stuff is getting the backlash and maybe a lot of the hate. And a lot of people, unfortunately, are taking it out on her, where it's like, It's not you her know. fault, necessarily. I haven't seen the yeah. new movie. I'm not going to lie. I haven't so either. That's um, the thing. I, I mean, heard lots of negative things about it. I'm like, eh, I don't really, like, I'm not super... You know, and it's I don't very, need to. But for the most part, yeah, Harry Potter is a very accepting fandom of, of yeah. all ages and people. That's and, true. It's a good, yeah. like, people aren't going to be like, do you know all of the specific things from the houses and blah? And did you read in book four, blah, blah, blah? Like, And I, I think it's one of those things, this is a kind of a quick point on that, is you could see that turn toxic as Fantastic Beast continues, as more things more kind things of get kind of get written and kind of. There's been, I know, a lot of anger towards the last movie because they're there like, was. oh, you know, like, oh, Nagini's in this now, and it feels like they're just constantly retconning the old stuff to fit this yes. new stuff into. And, and there was backlash over the casting of Johnny Depp and things of that nature. Same thing with so, the last book that I came mean, out, too. What was the, the um, Cursed Child? Cursed Child? Okay. I, yeah. Really quick. This is my PSA on Cursed Child. I read it. I hated it. I saw the show. I loved it. Okay. That's fair. The end. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a stage play. I think a lot of that is You really do need to see it. Yeah. yeah. It's almost uh, fitting that, that I have a dream about microphone. Shakespeare. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's reading true. Shakespeare is painful. Versus seeing it, yeah, absolutely, it's yeah, very, very different. It's fitting I have a green microphone. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> are you? Are you I have red for Gryffindor in. too. Ah. See, it's perfect. Oh, Rob has his Ravenclaw one. You got her first. My gold's over there. <laughs> You're a Ravenclaw. I'm a Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> Yours is her um, orange. Yeah, but close. It's, it's close. <laughs> Puff pride. It's close enough for a Hufflepuff. It's okay. I appreciate the effort. (laughs) Um, More positive fan fan bases? I have one. And I mean, mainly this is from my most recent recollection. Um, Magic the Gathering. So, yeah, there could be a lot of issues with um, what's out there and, and certain people saying, no, you can't play Magic unless you know all this stuff. But 
Are you are you going to My experience was pretty good actually okay. because I was able to like learn the rules mm-hmm. and then I was able to jump in on drafts. Like I didn't bother playing with people who had the fancy decks because yeah. there was no way unless you were building them forever. But if you jump in on a draft, a new draft for because it's constantly releasing new yep. stuff. So I just jumped in on that and it was fine. You could float. And just like, you know, when when I was sitting down at the at the tournament uh, a week and a half ago, we were sitting right next to this like young kid who was there with his dad and the kid was asking questions like, hey, what do I do? How do I do this? And we're all like, hey, here's what you probably want to shoot for. Here's what you want to try to do. And, you know, so you can build your deck. And, and yeah, you people know, were actually well. very helpful when I was learning. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't again, it was very different from like my experience with D&D where it was like, Meow. it's that join us mentality. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, you know, if you do with drafts or something like that where you don't have to bring your own stuff we want more people to come out and play magic because we want more people to spend money because then <laughs> wizards is going to make more stuff and yeah. more things and it will you continue can't, forward unfortunately like you really can't gatekeep in magic because somebody is always going to know more than you do and the rules are constantly changing they're constantly changing so you kind of just have to be adaptable, which yep. is a good thing for a fan base to yeah. learn is how to be adaptable. I mean, I was out of the game for <laughs> a number of years. And now that I've come back, I'm like, hey, what does this do? And what does that do? Because I have oh, no same. idea. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah this is what this does. And I'm, I'm the same does. way with Arena now. I haven't played before yep. Arena. I haven't played Magic in probably 15 years. Mm-hmm. And now I'm learning, like, what are all these different abilities? Right. On that note, I feel like the board game community is pretty uh, positive, too, because everyone just is excited about board games and wants to like, hey, let's play this. Let's learn this. Unless you, you play know? the Shadows of Camelot expansion, then it's just hard. Oh, my God. That was well, that No, was because we were, <laughs> all together, we were all were like, this is bad. Let's not play this anymore. Let's, let's play That's something true. bad. That's true. We were in agreement That's on true. it. Still love the original game. Just, just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, any last ones we want to get in real quick before we go to break? Oh, I, I'd like to say Discworld. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah that's a, good okay. One. a lot of people. A lot of people like it. If you ask people who their favorite character is, everybody usually has a different opinion, or yeah. from a different book than possibly one that you just haven't gotten around to reading yet. Or death. And yeah, death is death wonderful. is fantastic. Yeah. Or the so, death of rats. Actually, mine were the Some witches. Some people really love the death of rats. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about that. I no, think, yeah. um, not even just that too, but thinking just Douglas Adams, just Douglas Adams's works. I I don't think I've ever heard anybody say no Hitchhiker's Guide. It just is a series, or like <laughs> Dirt Gently is one of the worst things ever. But what about the movie? I still thoroughly enjoy. That's it. fun. I, I enjoy the I'm movie. I'm fine too. with it because yeah, it's it's also it, it was also written by Douglas Adams. And if he says no, I wrote new stuff because I think it's funny. I'm like. Yeah, it's, That's fine. it feels yeah. like Douglas Adams. We yeah. went to see it in the theater. There were four of us, and we were the only people who laughed the entire. Oh time. no! <laughs> Everybody else did not have a clue as to what was going on. But I also think that too, if you. That's a harder series to broach, I think, because again, it's such a weird sense of humor. Because Adams was always kind of just off the wall, and you're yeah. just kind of like, and if you didn't tap into it, it kind of feels like the first time you're you're introduced to British humor. And you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I'm supposed to be laughing yet. But like, I remember like watching Red Dwarf in the first season of watching Red Dwarf. Oh I'm gosh. like, I, I don't know if I like this. And then I watched it again, and I'm like, no, this is fantastic. Yeah. And it took a while to formulate an opinion because I was just lost. So I just thought of one more, um, one that I've never heard anything negative about, and I, it only came to mind because I'm actually going to see a three week early screening this Saturday of the final installment, and that's How to Train Your Dragon. 
Oh, yeah. I have never heard anything negative from anybody who's seen the series. Yeah. It just makes people adorable. Yeah. So cute. And that's why I'm like, I'm I'm dreading going to see this screening because it means I know I'm going to want to see it again and I have to wait three (laughs) weeks before I can. But, you know. All right. Well, with that, why don't we take a quick break? And then when we come back, um, we're going to talk about entitlement in the fandom community. Mm. So, uh, So we'll be back in just a few. And we're back. Um, so there was one thing I thought of as a, a really positive fandom uh, that we totally missed, which is the Great British, Great British Bake Off. Because I don't think anybody <laughs> can be angry about that show ever. Yeah, so. it's just precious. I, I, I was a little critical from the angry? first couple episodes. How? Critical. Because I was expecting from a British show, I was expecting a little more Gordon Ramsay-ish. But after like two episodes, I was fine with it. So oh no! It's a, it's a fun, touchy feely so like British. all of the happies all the yeah. time. Yes. All right, so let's get into toxic stuff now. Then, so uh, we, we had <laughs> take our, away oh, the happy. W- let's take away the happy. Now I'm um, hungry and I want cake. <laughs> <laughs> so why do we feel that being part of a fan community seems to entitle people to dictate how a property should evolve or how it should thrive in modern pop culture? I think we kind of touched base on this a little bit too when it comes to something that you grew up with, and I think it. You you feel like you put your time into that fandom. You've been with it since the beginning. So that's why you become a little overprotective of that fandom. Like somebody who's a fan of Ghostbusters, like I said, 1984, I was five years old when Ghostbusters came out, showing my age. But, you know, I've been a Ghostbusters fan all my life. And I'll admit I was a little skeptical of the reboot, but I still gave it a shot and ended up enjoying it. Now there are people that absolutely despised it and... I've mentioned that as a bit of toxic uh, toxic fandom early on, and it still is to this day, even to the point now where they're making a third one continuing off the original, and some fans of the reboot are like, well, that's not really giving proper credit to the girls that put it in for the for the reboot. But I think if, if it's something that you've been a fan of from the start or close to it of, I think you just become overly protective. 
And that's one of the reasons why. I think also people get so passionate into it and that, you know, they get really, really excited, which excitement's great and enthusiasm is great. But then, you know, I feel like just channeling it into something creative then and create your own thing or create fan works rather than, you know, lashing out because the thing that you imagined in your head wasn't what they did on screen. No, Mike, this is something you actually brought up to okay. this this idea yeah. of this question. Hey, I, I had all these ideas about where they would take episode eight. Uh, you know, I, I had fountains of ideas and just general things that I was thinking would happen in episode eight. And I knew going into the theater, I was like, none of this is going to happen. I already know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too crazy. I went in, I enjoyed episode eight and walked out of the theater it wasn't what I planned. It wasn't what I was expecting at all. I was not disappointed, though. Um, is it my favorite Star Wars movie? Not by any means, but I appreciate it. Um, the, it didn't line up at all with what I was expecting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, On that note, I think because um, I wasn't really... I didn't really dive heavy into the speculation on Star Wars stuff, but back in the day when Harry Potter books were coming out, mm. I know you know, speculation was like, oh my God. people had so many theories. And But you know, you have to look at it this way. Like, even if it doesn't turn out the way you want to, look at all the awesome time you got to spend with your friends appreciating that thing. And, you know, the fact that it inspired you enough to have these speculations and theorize and enjoy the fandom in that way, like, honor the time spent. I think that's one of my favorite parts of being in a fandom, especially one that's currently or actively producing new content, is that anticipation of, well, what's going to happen next? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? And then seeing if those predictions come true. Yeah, it's really fun. This is something I just thought of, and I'm, I'm actually curious to see what people's thoughts on this are as to whether or not this would count as a toxic fandom uh, or an element of a toxic fandom, but people who intentionally post spoilers to something ahead of time. Because Harry Potter is one of those instances where I didn't even have an opportunity to purchase the book yeah. before the ending of one of the books of... Uh, spoiler alert for anybody listening, it's been long enough. You should know about it. <laughs> Probably the Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince. Oh, Half-Blood yeah. Prince. The, I, the Barnes & Noble infamous oh video drive-by. Well, no, but that yes. wasn't even it. It was it was one of those, and maybe that was part of it, but it was one of those elements where I was on, this is one of the reasons why IMDB got rid of their message boards, was yeah. I was on a message board for something completely unrelated to Harry Potter, and this was maybe four days after Half-Blood Prince had been released. And yeah. somebody had commented on what I was reading, and at the very end, they said, P.S., by the way, Snape is the Half-Blood Prince. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. How rude. I haven't even read the yeah, book. Yeah, that's God. super rude. Yeah. But this is obviously somebody who's either heard it from somebody else or read the book themselves. Yeah. It's almost like people with Game of Thrones spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big thing though i think spoilers have gotten almost out of control because you have people live blogging live watching and then going on twitter it's and tough. posting spoilers it's immediately tough. it's really and social hard media makes it even or changing tougher. the cover photo on facebook exactly <laughs> whoops <laughs> or posting that was unintentional I know. <laughs> I'm teasing posting memes that they think doesn't give it away yeah. but totally but gives it away anyway yes yeah. bringing it back to the topic at hand <laughs> 
I think one of the <laughs> big things that make people feel that they can define how a property evolves and the next steps that it takes is because they so strongly identify with a character or a certain number of characters that they're like, hey, that character is me. And me in this situation would do X instead of what the character actually did. And I don't like the character's weakness in this because I don't have any weaknesses myself and, <laughs> you know, so on and so forth. You know, they, they th only see themselves as the character. They don't see the character as its own actual thing. That's very true. And that's one of those situations where then create. Like when people yep. get stuck in those ruts of like, oh, well, but this is supposed to be the exact thing that I want. Well, then make your own thing. What Honestly, do you want to see? Draw a fan art of it. Yeah. Write as, a fic about it. As an it. author, I've gotten inspired by like watching a show that didn't turn out the way I wanted. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write a story that goes the way I want it to because I liked the theme maybe. And I maybe liked like the ideas or certain aspects of it, but I wanted it to go away. Well, you have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. Or fanfic is another thing. Like you I'm can a big do proponent of fanfic. Yeah. Well, it's been two minutes since we've talked about Star Wars, so I figured. I'd <laughs> oh my god, Rob! But I, I mean, it's it's even kind of funny though because it's one of the things that it gets so much hatred for and vitriol for is the way that Luke's character is portrayed. So many fans felt so entitled to, he would never do this. And then they even saw what Mark Hamill made comments. It was like, I never anticipated Luke would do this. I didn't really kind of care for that, though. But my job is to bring this character to life based on the writers. But everybody looked at even what he said and turned that into just dumping gasoline onto their argument point and said, well, even Mark Hamill hated yeah, this. Yeah, Mark so Hamill this, hates Star Wars, too. It's like, you he know? hates like, it, too. That's what the headlines became. against it. But you know what? We're going to remake this movie, and Mark's going to do it because he feels the way we do. And I'm like, but that's the sad thing of what they actually said and did and actually put a petition out there. And, oh God, mm. change.org is a great idea and just horribly executed, and that needs to go away sometimes. Uh <laughs> I think part of the thing, especially with Star Wars, was that there was a precedent for what happened next. They sort of retconned 30 years of extended universe. And for the fans who were into that and read all of that and absorbed all of that, having these movies come in and change basically everything except for some things they decided to keep was jarring. So I get it. Mm -hmm. I really do. You yeah. know? Fish? What do you? I'm. Oh, uh, well, uh, <laughs> yes and no. I, I mean, everybody complains about how Luke acted in Episode Eight, but it was J.J. Abrams at the beginning of Episode Seven who said he's disappeared. Everything rests with the original writer there, um, because without that line in the opening crawl of Episode Seven, you don't have any reason for Luke to not come to the rescue at the end of episode seven. So it was necessary for him to be cut off from the force and not know what's going on. Yeah. It, it, it was totally necessary for him to do everything that he did the way he did it because of how it was written. How do you feel about the getting rid of the extended universe though? Uh, I read um, a good portion of it. Um, I'm okay. It, it doesn't it's, bother me at all because I'm enjoying it's, it's, the new yeah, content. It's still there. Right. Mm -hmm. It is still there. You like, can go back to like something Like I said earlier, I went back because I was feeling nostalgic and reread something I hadn't read. Okay. It's like Elseworlds in comics. Honestly. That's actually what I was you about can to say. Go, oh. <laughs> 
Sorry. I was going to say. <laughs> Who you can say. I was going to say, basically, yeah. just along those lines. It's like, well, most of these fans probably also like comic books. And guess what? If you've ever read comic books, you're used to your world. We're used That's true. That's very true. Constantly getting reboots. So it's kind of like you just roll with the punches. <laughs> I think a prime example of a fandom of fans not liking the way something ended or anything like that and using your creative abilities to rewrite it or recreate it uh, is one that we we often go back to and that's the ending of How I Met Your Mother. Fans Ugh. did not like the final episode uh, and the way that yes. series ended. So somebody Ew. took it upon themselves to take footage from the series, re-edit it, and put it online. They didn't they didn't boast about how I could do better. Yep. They went and they did better. Yep. And then it actually got used the, the pro- by the, the creators yeah. in the original. Yeah. So when they released the, re- the box set, they put the, that was an alternate ending yes. that was included because the fans loved it that's so much. Amazing. So that's the thing. Rather than sitting, it's it's very easy to sit and be bitchy and cranky about shit, <laughs> but go do something. Man of Tomorrow is go another example something. Oh, that. yeah. Something I, I, there was a beautiful creator that uh, made this wonderful fan film, and I, it's something that I've fallen deep into in the last couple of years is fan edits. Uh, fan edits can be really, truly wonderful because they can breathe new life into things that you've seen a thousand and one times and allow you to look at them in different ways. Or even if you were like, hey, you know what, again... Star Wars again. Um, I'm like, I really feel like watching episodes one, two, and three, but you know what? I want the condensed version, and there's some great fan edits of that, and four, five, and six, and so on and so forth. But like, the best thing I've ever seen for a fan edit somebody took Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman and turned it into a two and a half hour long movie that makes you feel the way about Superman when you first saw the Christopher Reeves movie as a kid. And you're like, this is stunning, and it makes it work. And you're like, so many people argued about that there were so many problems in those movies, and they found a way to find something beautiful in that those two films, and they really proved it. Yeah, I was I was not a fan of Man of Steel. I've made that point perfectly known on the other podcast. Batman <laughs> BVS was okay. It had its moments. It still struggled with the Superman aspect. But you told me about Man of Tomorrow. I gave it a chance, and it shined a whole new light on both of those films now that I can very easily go back and rewatch those those two movies again as that combined fan edit because yeah. I love it. But that person could have just sat there and bitched, and bitched. on the internet yeah. instead. But they put their money where their mouth was. Absolutely. Yep. And like really just, you know, use it as creative fuel. Mm-hmm. If you don't mm-hmm. like it, then do better. Yep. Oh my God. I can't even tell you how many versions of The Hobbit are out there right now as, as a fan cut. Is so. there one That's without awesome. 11 endings? No, no, not Lord of the Rings. The <laughs> I'm sorry, you're right. Yes. I confused, sorry. The 5,000 Return of the King endings. Yes. <laughs> That's the way it was written in the book. I mean, it's yeah, true. true. It's so true, but it's still, oh my and God, it goes on forever. they the one that everybody was like, how could you not have the scouring of the Shire at mm-hmm. the end of that? That's right. Everybody lost their minds, yeah. <laughs> I know, that was actually, that was one of my big fandoms, because again, fantasy book nerd, so... Well, Lord like I said, this huge. gives us an opportunity to move into why do we feel that it's difficult then to let go of something that we no longer feel a deep connection with? You know, like I said, we kind of talked about this earlier. And again, we bring up the idea of gatekeeping and and childhood, obviously, is going to be a big part. Do we think that there's that can be expanded? Um, I think it's because of that. Like, if it's been such a, an integral way of, like, what Bill was saying, if, like, you define your person as this... And you, that's how you define yourself. And then all of a sudden, like, you just realize, like, it takes a lot of wisdom and, you know, to be able to let go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to be able to let go. 
If some of these Star Wars fans who are hating on the current stuff and they just realize, you know what, maybe the rest of it is not for me, they can still appreciate those movies and they can still be special movies for them, but they don't have to continue participating in the fandom and that's okay. If people watch the original Doctor Who stuff and they don't like any of the new stuff and they just want to stay like what they appreciated was the old, then appreciate it and let go. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> Putting it in D terms, there's a lot of people out there where wisdom is their dump stat. <laughs> it's you're, and you're right. There's a. I lot just of, feel like we can end the podcast right there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> there's a lot of self reflection that has to go on, and and a lot of people struggle with that. It's one of the probably more difficult things to do is to look into yourself and say, okay, this is what I see. This is what has changed within me. This is how I've grown or haven't grown as a person. And, and accepting that and moving forward and saying, well, I may have had a connection to this before, but it doesn't hold the same feeling for me now. And you can't go back to that time. Like, you can't go back to the time when you're a kid and you have all this, you know, crazy wide-eyed wonder mm-hmm. for something that you did when you were five, you know? Yeah. Maybe something different that catches your eye later on. I think it's also totally okay to say, you know, this will always be a part of me. It will always be be a part of what I experienced, but I'm going to take a step back. I'm not going to engage with the new content. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. I do it all the time. I'm very comfortable letting go with this stuff because I'm (laughs) like, you know, I really liked, I actually, I, because I'm very stubborn, if I, like, I I was reading, it was, um, it was Terry something, just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, It was the, oh my God, Sword of Truth series. Terry Brooks. No, Terry Brooks does a different series, Shannara. Um, Terry, good, Terry, good, good kind. kind. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think it, the the series I think is like eight or nine books. There's a lot of Terrys in fantasy. There, there really yeah. are. And it was about eight or nine books. I got to book four. I liked where it ended, and I stopped. I was like, you know what? I'm happy there. And a lot of people had all these complaints about the later books and blah blah blah. And I'm like. I, I have great memories of it because I stopped where I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Supernatural, seasons one through five. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The completionist in me is screaming right now. <laughs> I'm the same way, though. I'm a completionist, too. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, even even if I watched, going back to Star Wars, if I watched episode one and I didn't like it, which I kind of didn't, um, I knowing there was an episode two and three coming, I would still feel compelled to watch episodes two and three even if i didn't like the first one i don't need to watch all 15 seasons of supernatural oh, yeah. I've, no, ta- no. I've tried no. multiple I mean, times and I've, i tap out same well here i that. always tap out because for me that ending at five was perfect so good and i was so happy with that contained story that i am completely like you know i will see episodes here and there and i hear it's really fun still and people well, the, are still enjoying it with scooby-doo episode of Super i heard Natural. that was i want to see that i'm not gonna lie and you know what i applaud those people who are still with it and still loving it that's awesome for me it ended and that's okay i i finally even though i'm a completionist i finally stopped last <laughs> yeah, i think last yeah, season i think i was about 10 episodes in the last season before oh, i was wow. like i'm tapping out i'm you done. got way I farther can't. than i did yeah, and I'm i've like, tried I twice i have too we've tried to like get back into it it just doesn't hold the same charm i, I will Scrubs. I, oh. yeah scrubs i just pretend the last season never Me happened too. right that's what you don't season. yeah same thing with Firefly and Serenity. I just because I, I tend to like, like pretend Serenity happen. doesn't happen. Me too. Yeah, I'm everyone's just like, happy no, and alive, okay. and nothing bad happens. Yes, it's that. great. It's perfect. I mean, everybody is alive. Nobody died. No one yeah, died. No one died. Don't, 
No one died, well, guys. Well, the Reavers, I mean. Well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's acceptable. Well, the Reavers <laughs> died. Yeah. Wash kills all the Reavers, the end. It's perfect. <laughs> There's this uh, this beautiful cut scene where his plastic dinosaurs come back and save the entire crew. <laughs> Somebody get on that fan edit. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a, you know, rather than like, I could force myself to sit through like, so Supernatural, for example, it just wasn't gelling with me. So if I sat there and forced myself to, though, I'd be getting crankier and crankier as I did because I'm not enjoying it. And then you become a toxic fan. And then you become a toxic fan yes. because you're making yourself... Sit through things that you just don't no longer. You can't ex- like if it doesn't bring you, if it doesn't make you happy, then why do it? You either die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. But what yes. if it's a fandom that you actually still really enjoy, but you're not thrilled with the idea of the next installment? I'll give you a prime example: sure. Toy Story Four. Yeah, mm. Toy Story Three to me was such a fantastic and perfect wrap up to that series that I do not understand why they made a fourth one, with the exception of to make more money. I mean, that's pretty I'm much with you it. on that one. So you could choose to watch Toy Story Four, and if you don't like it, then you go, okay, it ends at three. But if like... but if you go ahead and you watch that fourth <laughs> one and right. you don't like it, you've kind of already tainted that original series you can, now can... in a sense. Yes, but you actually Have brought you? up the biggest point though in all of that. You're talking about entertainment companies making things to make money. Yes. That's why they're doing it. And that's why we're talking about all of these things. Yeah. All of these things were created so they succeeded to make funds for people. They're created by businesses. Yeah. Businesses run to make money. I know again, there's a lot of them, like I said, we talk about like, you know, like fan creations, and obviously those are they're they're like, no, we just wanted to make this for you because we love this and we want you to enjoy it. But all of these things initially are based on People wanting to succeed and well, it's why you their like art. the big beef happened with like or the big issue with How I Met Your Mother is mm. the original ending worked for a small run. It did not work for eight, nine. How many seasons were right. there? Yeah. yeah, it didn't work by the time they ended because um, was it eight? It, no, it was, it was nine. Eventually, okay. right. <laughs> but because it kept no, you're kind of right. Money, I kind of yeah. don't watch it. Yeah, yeah. Kept, the ninth that much. They would milk it. You know what I mean? And that's one of those things like. But as a fan, you have control. You can just stop. Yeah. You can say, okay. I like, mean, one of the things you can look at is when a show knows to tap out is some of the best things in the world, especially for fan communities. Leaving people wanting more is one of the best things absolutely. for creations and entertainment. Because that's the beautiful thing. That's where things like the expanded universe come from. It's like, no, there's so many more stories we can tell. There's reasons why, like... Angel and Buffy, Buffy continued yeah. on into the comic book realm because they don't need to worry about a budget of can we make that dragon appear at a yeah. start of a season <laughs> six and show that fight. Instead, they let you have that imagination to let that story go. Like, what happened? What happened? You know? Well, yeah, because technically Firefly is still going on in the comics. It, it is. is. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, you look at another fandom, too, that I'm still to this day absolutely adore. And I, I, I've been meaning to go back to it again and restart it um, is the TV series Chuck. It's one of yeah. those ones that ended in a way that they could have gone further if they wanted to, but they didn't. They White were just collar. like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. You know, they just, Chuck, the writers of Chuck said, you know what? We're just going to leave it here and we're going to leave it up to the interpretation of the audience as to what happens next. That's awesome. Even though Zachary Levi has come out and said, well, I have ideas if we want to do something else. <laughs> but it's just a matter of getting everybody to come back. But look at that also is another series that included another former Firefly cast member. In, yes, it did. Yeah. Yep, yep. 
<laughs> and even like little endings within a bigger spectrum, like Star Wars Rebels, they had four seasons and they ran four seasons and the ending is the ending of that series. And, and it's so good. And it is amazing. <laughs> it I have, to watch, I have, up. Awesome I have to watch one of my two favorite Star Wars characters die, but it's Aww. amazing. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I, there's, I to this day, I will, I, and I will die on this hill. I don't care whatever other Star Wars things out. I don't think they'll ever make a Star Wars as good as Rebels ever again. Uh, that was just lightning in a bottle. Like it was so perfect and pure, and just honored everything that came from that. You know those ideas. What about the Star Wars Christmas Spectacular? <laughs> what about? <laughs> it? Oh, he said nothing better than Rebels. So I no, that's definitely not better. Than <laughs> <Rebels>. <laughs> So painful. So God, very, very painful. I want to go back and rewatch Chuck. Oh, I thought you meant the Star Wars oh, Christmas say, special. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm Please glad don't. you didn't reveal the character too, because I do need to go back and watch it. It is on my list to watch. We tried watching right. the Christmas special yeah. with Rift Tracks. And we couldn't get through you it. You can do that? It was so bad. I watched the tw- I watched the first Twilight movie through Rift Tracks. That was it was really funny. That sounds amazing. Funny. That was it was really funny. I could get through it. it and was, it was. It was hysterical. They did a really good Rift Tracks for that. There's yeah. a riff track. I know this is off topic, but there's now a riff tracks for Ready Player One, and I'm afraid to watch oh, it. Nice. I kind That'd of be see fun. it. I know. I'm, I I'm afraid it. to watch it because I love that movie so much. That'd be great. But I was also afraid to watch the riff tracks version of Independence Day because I love that movie so much. Yeah. And the riff tracks version of Independence Day, I was in tears. Oh, I was that's laughing perfect. So hard. That's they generally fun. make movies better. They do. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. It's wonderful. They do. And like I said again, you know we. I, you know, I God, I'm just gonna stop saying Star Wars anymore. But <laughs> Rift Tracks, all Aww. I can think of still is Episode One or Episode Two when they bring up the younglings, and it's like it was you mean three. Ameri- oh, is this Episode Three? And it was yes. like younglings, not you the Ameri- younglings. Old, yeah, episode two they have the younglings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, three was when it was not the younglings, and right. then it yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, episode two was the one where Obi Wan lost the planet. Uh-huh. Yes, but oh my God, the Rift Tracks for that are amazing. All right. <laughs> Um, now, how about has engagement in the fandom community changed over time to toxic groups for anybody here? Um, you know, any and is has there been an impact because of social media or, you know, things of, of, of that gist? I will preface everything I'm about to say by I am not on Twitter. <laughs> um, no, I haven't I am, noticed. But I barely use it. I haven't noticed anything. Sorry. <laughs> I think I try to stay away from social media or anything online when I deal with the fandoms that I like to be part of because there's an anonymous aspect that goes along with social media and anything online where people can feel like they say that can say whatever they want to say without fear of repercussions, which brings down and brings out the toxicity so much more than if you're actually talking with someone face to face. Absolutely. And I think... um... The danger with social media is it puts a lot of pressure on um, with Twitter, Facebook, things like that. You know, fans are able to sometimes directly, you know, with Twitter, for example, you can tweet at like actors, actresses, you know, creators, etc. And because of that anonymity, people say vile, heinous shit. Like actually, even with them, when Anthem came out for example there were i guess glitches or lags or whatever because because it was just it was Mm. a beta but people were saying the most vile things on twitter and tweeting at it like bioware and tweeting it at you know the like everyone involved and things like that how dare what i paid for not work today and i'm like it's not it's a beta (laughs) the thing is like it's in the but the thing is it's that entitlement 
and they but they can go directly on the attack and you know as much as you can bounce some things off when you get inundated with like that amount of vitriol and hatred and especially when people start doxing and things like that or doing you know things to target smaller creators that gets really really dangerous yeah well i mean even this isn't exactly a fandom but it's uh, you know and, and going more into what bill said about how anonymity can sometimes be a negative thing because these they're internet tough guy, internet tough guys is basically what I call them yeah. because there's no fear of repercussion you know but if you found a way kind of almost in Jay and Silent Bob strike back you know <laughs> where they had all this money to just randomly go and show up at people's door and beat the piss out of them for the comments that they make you would find things start to change but we don't have I love that. that actually what was kind of truly amazing and I urge anybody to go out there and check this out there was an old writer for IGN her name was Alana Pierce who is now working for Rooster Teeth and uh, she used to be a big Twitch streamer. And um, a lot of people were coming after her and making nasty comments. She actually tracked some of those people down and confronted them in real life. And a lot of them were like 20-sums and like less. And even contacted their parents. And said, uh, that was the best yes. part. She and contacted she, their parents. And says, and like, do you like... realize this is actually what your, your son or daughter is doing? And it's <laughs> kind of saying, hey, what you're doing can have a repercussion. And mm -hmm. I'm proof positive because now people know because I got your permission to film this. Everyone now knows you are that internet troll. You mm -hmm. are that person that is willing to do that. And I think it's amazing the fact that they have that because essentially having Twitter and social media is giving, as you mentioned, that anonymity, but it's essentially putting a weapon in someone's hands that doesn't have the intelligence check to use it properly. Yeah. Is, is, back to the D&D &D again. <laughs> but it's the truth of it. It, it really is. Yeah. It is, it is it, it's the sad part it is. It is, it is a weapon. If you use it and harness it that way, it can be something that's really great for good and something that's really could be potentially destructive. Again, they do have the intelligence to use it. They don't have the wisdom to know that they shouldn't because that's their dump step. Yes. <laughs> Did you say dump step? Oh, it could be dump step if you want. Hey, hey, I like dump step. I kind of do too. Uh, it's true though. Um. So again, has... You know, outside of what we've stated there, has anybody else seriously made a massive change in the way that they engage with their fandoms because of toxicity, though? Like, I know we, we kind of, I think only one or two people actually answered this question, so I wasn't sure if anybody else wanted to chime in. <laughs> I think that's a difficult thing with this con this conversation for this topic because we're going to bounce all over the place, and I know it's yeah. impossible not to, but I want to make sure everybody has an opportunity to if they had a piece that they really wanted to address here. Well, I think in, in some ways, uh, you and I having the DC Primetime podcast has kind of changed a little bit, at least in my perspective, because I know before I would do that, I, would, I wouldn't I would get to the vile things that some people do say, but I would make negative comments every once in a while. And I, But I would also back up why I say the things I say. But now ever since, because we talk about so many things on a regular basis now and there's things that we don't like, we've kind of gotten to the point where like, okay, now we're in the public eye. We're no longer private. So we really can't say these things anymore. And it kind of changes your perspective on things a little bit. You're no longer trying to pull the trigger, you know, using that weapon of anonymity because we're not anonymous anymore. Mm -hmm. So I, and now I kind of take that into my everyday, whether I'm commenting on somebody else's page or I'm replying to somebody on our own, it, it reflects now in everything that I do. And, it's and it, it is a weight. I mean, it's something you don't realize until like whenever I make even just like regular social media posts, I have a lot of 
other authors that I work with technically. I mean, I may not see them face to face, but we're all in the same, like with the same publishers and stuff. Or, you know, I have some readers on my page. Like I, I have to meter what I say, but that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's good to like think before you post. It makes you think of it like you're in the real world. It's, it's, yes. It's, you, because you just don't, you don't go up to people and just say anything. And, and not to make, state that social media is not the real world because it very much is, but it, it's the way that you treat somebody in person. You, you have to carry that into your online presence completely. Or, yeah. yeah which, you, and it's, it cracks me up though too. Like the one episode that we don't hold by the, that stands is one of our <laughs> most listened to episodes. Yes. Is the one where uh, the entire Arrow community does blew up on the show because of um, some of the worst writing and plot yeah. direction collision and course like is that. still to this and day was, one of our highest rated <laughs> episodes and it's one of the oh, few times in our history of that show where we we didn't we, hold back the gloves came off and we're yeah. like no this this is bad this is not okay this this could potentially kill the but, show but again we didn't just but, say this is bad we went into descriptions as <laughs> to why we felt this it was, bad. It was properly reviewed critic. and critiqued yes we, you can be a critic critiqued. there's nothing wrong it with was that just you stated negative. your thesis you backed it up yeah. with sources exactly but, you know, we did and, and you can go up to people in real life and say these things you say online the the conclusion uh, is going to be very different not if you don't want to be a dick about it but, you well, know it's also if you, get get it. if you don't want to get punched or if you don't want to get punched or shot also it's true. that day don't but do it, it unsolicited yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it's also one of those reasons why i can't tell you how many times now on facebook i've typed out a flaming political post and before i click send I delete it. Back, yep. back, back. Because yes. sometimes it just feels good to write that out without having to send it and say, okay, cool. I feel okay. And it's yeah. it's it's that exercise of just getting that out. Because I very rarely post anything political on Facebook anymore. And I've typed them out. I just never click post. So kind of piggybacking off of that is that I find that I engage in my fandoms on specific social media sites only. Like mainly for fandom things, I'm on Tumblr. I might post about sense. something really exciting, like if the new Marvel trailer drops or whatever, I'll put that on my Facebook, fine. But anything that I really feel strongly about is going to go into that space instead of the other. And especially on Twitter, I do temper what I say because I have industry connections yeah. and business connections on Twitter as well. So I don't think that's necessarily the platform in which to run off my mouth about my fandom feelings. Um, also, uh, I kind of distance myself from reddit because i was just really done with a lot of the negativity that i saw there so i don't yeah. engage in fandom on reddit if i'm really on there at all so i think it's the different social media aspects and how you choose to engage or, or yeah. not engage I, I think one of the other things too that has to be looked at from from another point of view and kat i know you can relate to this a little bit rob you in the same way is that and i can too as and i'll give you a prime example uh, as a moderator for panels at conventions, I was given the opportunity to, I was asked if I wanted to moderate the panel for Stephen Amell, Emily Bett Records, and David Ramsey, which was a very high in-demand panel. Yeah. And I looked at it, one, as a fan, I was like, yes, I want to share the stage with these three people. But I also had to look at it from, okay, if this isn't taken very well from the audience perspective, I'm now out there and I'm going to be criticized for this. I had to accept that before I did it. Yeah. And I think as a content creator, that's something you have to look at too. And now from another point of view, as somebody who's developing his own convention, that is now a much larger scale than just moderating a panel. Yeah. I have to be able to take the criticism of people who are not going to be fans of my event. 
Absolutely. One of the um, big badges in the author community is like your first one star review because <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's usually, you know, sometimes. And the thing is, realistically, I'm pretty level with critiques of my work. If someone gives me a two star or three star and gives me so- well, really a two star or one star or whatever and actually has solid criticism, I listen. Yeah. You're, but you're, you're going to get them. Yeah. There's no avoid of them. Absolutely. People who, like Gordon Ramsay, who owns 20 restaurants and is like a five-star Michelin chef, gets one-star reviews because there are always people out there that will do it. But you also learn pretty quick to weed out like, oh, it's a one-star review because they said there's too much romance in this romance book. How dare <laughs> you? How dare you very much? And it's like, okay, that's kind of weird, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, though. Like, you know, you're going to get criticism but when you like you do have to brace yourself because yeah. when you're you a content be creator I'm watching yeah. Stranger Things and these things aren't strange enough <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know that goes How into another they? that goes into another fandom I just I never and I never overly and I'm not toxic against it but I'm not a fan of American Horror Story because to me it's not horror something yeah. with horror in the title should be horror and to me it's not to other people it is and if it is more power to them. It's just not for me. I still say I want to teach a class that's, is this is this necessary? Is this nice? And it'll just be going through, like, how to interact. Again, it's what we're talking about, you know. Are you being a toxic fan? That thing you're about to say, is it necessary and is it nice? Do you Come need on, to say people. this thing to this particular the, person the title of the class before you post dot 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 i like that mm, i like that a lot it's a good one. we'll have to create a syllabus for you it's fantastic mike it looks like you're about to say something i think he was no. just fidgeting any any comments uh, D stats to discuss <laughs> no dubstep uh, you mentioned reddit i think there's i, I think it's specific to certain certain forms on Re- on reddit yeah subreddits they always have the under the post box. It's like think of the person, right? So because and, and that's, that's important. That's what you should do. You but see, I think of the person. I, I think of internet trolls and I look of them. I, I I imagine a troll in my head. Oh yeah, they just Aww. ignore that line. Like they yeah. and and yeah, they they are you know those horrible like monstrous looking trolls just trying to to get a rise out of people. Yeah, I imagine like the troll from the nineteen nineties horror movie troll and not the troll from the animated Happy Go Lucky Trolls. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Well I think this is a good opportunity to move into our next point and then is what advice uh do you have for people to help defuse a situation for when they actually run into a toxic fan? Uh Kat, you already brought in is this is necessary? necessary? Is, is this, this nice? nice? I'm just going to spout that at people. If they want, I mean, I yell it at my cats already, so that's <laughs> fine. I'll transfer it to people. If they want to, like, start winging facts at me and be like, you're not a real fan. Was that a necessary comment? Was it a nice one? But yeah, let's, let's each give one, one piece of We did the advice. gatekeeper earlier. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. I, I mean, I think mine would just be like to, are we talking in person or are we talking online? Both. A or B. I, I mean, if I mean, I would, I would definitely say in most cases, most of us are probably not going to engage online because it's probably a losing fight. Just it, don't no, engage you, or you block. Ignore online. And if this yeah. happened to me in person, I would, I would honestly kill them with kindness, shake their hand, and be like, "Thank you, I appreciate your opinion," and walk away. Yeah, and that's pretty much. 
the best you can do. I've never had this happen to me, but it would be really satisfying to then turn around and like actually spout off all the facts like you were talking before. Like that would be, yeah, it's not necessarily nice, but that would be very satisfying to do. Be like, oh yeah, well this, this, and this. Take yeah. a screenshot. And Call me a like, fake fan right, again right, and I'll punch you in the face. Like, Take a screenshot uh-huh. of what they said is like, I just do C minus. Please show your work. I would edit it. It would be like all marked up in red. Absolutely. <laughs> but Ravenclaws love all the facts and yep. details. I'm that's a the Ravenclaw. Oh, show it. Oh, thinking stuff. as a Slytherin, I would have an assistant who, as I was thanking them for their opinion, would be tying their shoelaces together so that when I walk away and they walk away, they fall on their face. Does anyone have the Hufflepuff opinion in the room? No, we if, need. If, if it's about Star surfs. Wars, <laughs> if it's about Star Wars, I will talk about it until you're tired of hearing me talk. <laughs> <laughs> about why these things that you're saying are wrong. <laughs> so it, it's funny because I don't think this is a Hufflepuff way of dealing with it, uh, but it's my way of dealing with a lot of things when people ask me questions. Uh, they, they, they're they looking for an answer or they're looking for like the root cause of something. And I'm just like, why? And they give me an answer. I'm like, okay, why? why? <laughs> the five whys. I think that is the Hufflepuff That is the Hufflepuff answer. Okay. That actually is. But yeah, no, the, because it's not trying to, it's not vindictive, but it's yeah. being like, it's, it's a, I'm not engaging in this. This yeah. is ridiculous. You well, question your own it, stuff. And it's, and it's an amazing reflexive tool for to get somebody to kind of start looking into themselves when they didn't originally want to. You just ask them why at least five times and they will get to the point of where they actually have an issue with something. Or they will get to an yeah. I don't know. Right. In which you say, Thank you. And yeah. you've won yep. that argument. Right. Yep. <laughs> the only other thing I could suggest, too, is if you could, by some chance, every time you leave the house, have a small cup with popcorn. And the moment somebody says something dumb, sit down and just start looking at them and just eat one <laughs> bit by one bit. He's like, no, honey, go God. ahead. Go on. <laughs> I, I, think, I think something that would really bother you, but something would also pro- potentially work, is instead of popcorn, have like a small little baggie of glitter. And when they ask a question, just be just like, thank you, that face. comment was magical. <laughs> and walk away. That's and you've now marked them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be <laughs> aware. Yes. I, you and don't understand how much I hate holding this, but it does not pain me to put it on you. <laughs> 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 uh, I see you shimmer and shine, and I know to stay away from you now. <laughs> you just don't like things that glitter. That's what, pretty much no sparkles. Why is your life so devoid of joy? It's Rob. Uh, <laughs> no, he it's hates for... cleaning up glitter. I, I, you, you shouldn't watch me try to bake or cook because I'm like, I have things on my hands. Oh, I I'm the them. same way. I'm not. And I'm like, and that'll be like, I'm okay, I'm mess. handling meat and like mixing something, and then I'm like, must wash. I should oh, really yeah, yeah, buy no, that. I grab the next thing. But like glitter for me is like, there's one glitter. I can't get it off. And like, it makes me lose my mind a little bit. I'm that, specifically that thinking of the, uh, I think we we had a Faye party. A oh, year or two, two can. years ago, three years ago, something like that. You're still finding glitter. I am. <laughs> and he, like, the day after, I look over and Rob's there with, like, tape trying to, like, duct tape trying to, like, get each individual grain of glitter tape, out of the... going around the floor. Yes. Nonstop. And then I had, like, vacuums and it was going in the crevices because we have hardwood floors. And I'm like, oh, God, no. Yes. <laughs> I just I, I now know why you and now I are practically sparkle. like brothers. Because <laughs> you should watch me try and bread chicken. Because I will bread a tender, wash my hands to get all the egg and breadcrumbs off. Then yeah. go back for another one and bread another one and wash my hands and get all what, the breadcrumbs off. Wet hand, dry hand method. I know. I just don't use it. Yep. <laughs> Rob is holding Or glitter. just make We're a continually topic, larger mess, which is my Fandoms method. Fandoms of wet hands. And then I'm like, okay, we had dinner. 
Cat cooked. I will go clean the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> there has been an explosion. <laughs> uh, so any other advice we can give to people to to kind of deal with running into toxic people? I, I think the Just only don't way, engage. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, like if people say an unnecessary, like on social media, for example, I'll straight up just delete stuff. I don't care. If it's like on a, you know, if it's a Facebook post or a thing like that and they want to like try to rain on, it's not necessary. I will delete it. If they want to talk to me privately, they can. Yeah. It's the Gryffindor method. It's like welcoming <laughs> potentially those messages <laughs> privately. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Going along with the with di- don't, don't engage thing. Yeah. You can either go, wait, wait, hold on. I got to go use the bathroom. Just <laughs> I've done that or, many times. Or, wait, wait. I got a phone call coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, think, I think the only other thing I can say too is it's, it, kind of treat it like stress at work is that if you have to engage with somebody because you can't avoid it don't bring it home with you mm-hmm. leave it there wherever you're at and just walk away. or engage in a part of fandom that makes you happy yeah. yeah well i think the tricky part is like i think people well i guess what is the kind of the affront is people are dealing with it while they're in their safe space we're not at work we're you know we're you can let your hair computers down or, yeah. yeah and so then they're bombarded with that and you're like but i'm but i'm comfortable it, now i don't want to have to be on in those moments you know? when i when i'm like that and i get stressed <laughs> delete, delete delete whether <laughs> it's somebody who made a comment or it's just it's <laughs> very gryffindor stressful <laughs> putting something together i i get up and i move to a different part of the room I, I move. Oh, neat. And I will, That's a cool tactic. I'll either move to a different part of the room. I'll go sit on my couch and turn on the TV, or yeah. I'll pick up a controller and play a game for a little while. I just do something to decompress, and it goes away. That mm-hmm. makes sense. And honestly, too, is if somebody attacks a fan a fandom that you love, and it hurts, go to one of your other fandoms as respite. Like mm-hmm. if you really yeah. love Star Trek, and somebody's tearing apart Star Trek for you, but you also really love Firefly, and you're like, I need comfort food. I need geek comfort food. Go to another thing for a little bit. Just even if it's just to watch a single episode or something to rinse that feeling out of your mouth, then go back to what you wanted to. Go I go to. to the Orville because nobody trashes that show. Well, that's a great show. <laughs> it is a great show. It's brilliant. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's move to one of our final pieces here before we get to our closer. So how do we heal as a geek community? Um, Bill, we have to tidy up the geek community and take everything and look at it once and say, does this bring us joy? <laughs> No, it does not. Throw it away. my method of fandom. I like this plan. It fits with my methodology. Uh, Delete, delete, delete. (laughs) Does this comment bring me joy? No, gone. Does this show continue to bring me joy? Nope, done. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm all behind that. (laughs) Honestly, though, I think just trying to keep lines of communication open and, and doing our best to engage other fans that feel the way we do and keeping that positive attitude throughout the fandom. Well, I was just going to say, like, Will Wheaton says, don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and another thing, like, if someone is actively, you know, if you see it in person, that even if it's not someone doing it to you, but someone doing it to someone else, step in. Just be like, hey, not necessary. Like, realistically. Call it out when you see it. Yeah. Is this Mm -hmm. necessary? Is this nice? Because, again, it's, I I mean, you know, yeah. (laughs) I really (laughs) But, like, if you see, you know, someone shitting on something and you can see the person, the other person visibly crumpling, like, I've watched that so many freaking times. Just step in and be like, hey, you know, I'm sure that's fine. Like, either switch the topic, just, you know, help people out. Because mm-hmm. And honestly, even if you're a person that's causing any of the toxicity sometimes a little bit too, when you moment you catch yourself doing that and say, like, I apologize, that's just my opinion. I hope that doesn't detract from your opinion of that. 
It's just I got passionate about it because I was hoping to really enjoy it or really like it, and I didn't, and that's why I'm coming off this way. I really hope that didn't detract from your enjoyment. And yeah. that's something you can always state as a preface, or if you do, and then say, I'm sorry, is there anything else that you really dig or, or something like that? And, like, maybe just change the subject and just apologize for your actions because – Guess what? All of us are going to do that. When you love something, there's going to be moments that you're going to get so passionate about it that it may offend somebody. And understand that you could do that. But other things you can do to heal, though, is for as equal as there can be bad communities in any fandom, and there always will be, you can be part of change in two different, in multiple ways. Um, Gamergate happens. One of the things that, you know, like I said, and or people reach out to, like, uh, creators and like in Bioware or something and say you didn't make a, a thing that's right or you're a Blizzard fan you're like why did you announce Bio like you know Diablo Immortal ah. but you know what you could do hey maybe you can do a charity stream for gaming and you could do something positive for the gaming community maybe you could join the 501st for Star Wars and go visit kids in the hospital and bring some positive change to, to that same fandom as opposed to being vicious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, to piggyback off of that, spread positivity with it. If you, the thing is, I've read lots of books I didn't like. Do I ever, ever contact them? No, because that's not necessary. I have my opinion and that's fine. But when I do really like a book, I will reach out on Twitter and tweet at them or be like, that was amazing or leave a review and be like, that was awesome. Because you know what? They get enough hate. Yeah. Creators get so much hate. You know, anyone in those spheres gets so much hate. If you can tip the scales a little, it does make a huge difference. It's very easy to leave a negative comment. It's harder for people to leave a positive one. So if you have the yeah. ability to do so. Like I would never people. actually tag a creator or, or an actor in something that I actively dislike. But so many people do. I know. Yeah. I, it always baffles so me. It really crazy. does. It's easier Same for here. some people. Maybe not for us. It's easier for some people. <laughs> That's fair. But more like, because negative gets more attention than positive. Mm-hmm. And think about, too, if you've ever sent a tweet or a message on social media and I'm like, oh, my God, I just read this book and it like made – brought so much joy and having that creator like that comment or anything like that you know you just made their day as well as it it might be for them making your day by saying we're paying attention to our fans right it's mm-hmm. a really great positive thing and like i said there was something that i just watched a couple days ago and i told cat about and and i watched just it, got yeah. to watch it too which is well on netflix right now there is a short documentary it's about an hour and 10 minutes called uh i think the the bill murray files and it's the bill murray stories the bill murray yes. stories and it's all the little moments of when he randomly appears in people's lives it's fantastic and it's a guy went and started talking to the people where he randomly showed up at like a house party or somebody's private dinner or jumped into a wedding photo and it was them discussing what it did for them but as you're finding going through it, you're also realizing on how much it was doing for Bill as a person as well. And it's all those little things. You're like, wow, that's really this, this awesome, positive thing that you can do with like creativity, whether as a creator, but even too as a fan on how much that can change for you. So it, re- it made me love Bill Murray even more than I already do. <laughs> if, if it's possible, I think of Bill Murray and he quotes this in Groundhog Day. He's not the God, but he's a God. <laughs> but it's, it's wonderful but it's that idea though is whether you're a creator of anything you have a way to help bring about positive change in a fandom by the way that you kind of try to spread your message and you're always going to fight things but you as a fan also are responsible though for 
trying to follow the message of the creators that you like. And you will never be rewarded for a negative comment, but you can be rewarded for a positive comment. Yeah. To, to, back, to piggyback off of that a little bit, you, most people at this table know my love for the movie The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. When that movie first came out, I posted on Twitter, one of the few times I've posted on Twitter, and I tagged Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Kiala Settle, like all mm-hmm. those guys. And I got a number of likes from people who are in the movie. Mm-hmm. That made me feel good that people that are that were in this film that I enjoyed actually read my positive comment. So you can be rewarded for leaving positive feedback. Yeah. But that's the thing is like you look at, you know, the sheer amount of so, you know, on Twitter, okay, Anthem comes out, everyone's shitting on them because certain things were glitchy because it's a beta. And, you know, people were saying, you know, again, the most vile stuff. Well, you know, it's a video game. It's mm. a video game. But like, you know, if if a lot of the other fans were to step in and start sending some positive, they probably really need it right now. You know, because when you have to deal with that much hate that often, those positive comments mean a lot. Yeah, I, it's one of those things that it, best homework we could give anybody. And we never state to do this on the show and I'll jump to fish right after. Yeah. But if you can. Find your favorite creator. If you're on Twitter or a form of social media that you know that they're on as well, just send them a message. Just like, hey, thank you for this that changed my life. Mm-hmm. Or and just even if it's something as simple of, uh, as that or thanks for creating, mm-hmm. it can be as simple as that. And that's that's just wonderful because you'll see other people that are your followers that maybe will do the same. Yeah, simple rule. If you feel like posting say, something negative, find at least two positive things to post about in addition to that that mm-hmm. that's a good rule um, <laughs> like, i didn't like this plot thread but these other two but things these, were phenomenal yeah, yeah it's it's simple enough it is constructive criticism at that point because you're saying i didn't like this part part but these things were great you should do more of that yeah or um you know uh i was going to speak to this part of uh like the jedi say if you love it learn to let it go because otherwise you'll fall down to the dark side Um, Yeah, right. (laughs) That sums up this episode very Um, well. (laughs) And and even people who are parents or uncles or aunts or anybody who has any influence over kids, you know, whether you're a teacher or a camp counselor, I don't care. Um, And letting the kids embrace their their own personality, and as long as they're not doing something to harm another person or cause another person to feel uncomfortable encourage that because that'll teach and encourage that behavior yeah yeah i mean i know some of our listeners too they're parents and i think that's a great message to make sure that it's not this conversation is not just about us but it's as you're raising your kids if you see that happen you are responsible for cutting that off and making sure that they're not engaging in that or become that next generation of a toxic fan so um well, I think that kind of wraps up this conversation. So I guess we'll move over to our closer. Um, and I promise, you know, the next episode, like I said, it won't be <laughs> as heavy. And we'll be back to our more of our goofy selves. Oh, I'm bringing a kazoo because you said we could. <laughs> Again, slide whistles, kazoos, bells. Um, it'll be the worst game of rock band we've ever played. Um, but yeah. Oh, no. But no, I think um, this was, I think it was like, we've had an episode or two like these in the past, but I think it's really important to They're necessary. To, to go back and remind ourselves of why we do this and things that as creators, we have an opportunity to try to spread some 
positive messaging. So it's good to do that, especially at the start of a new year. So, mm-hmm. um, But let's close out in the fun, goofy way that we always do. And I figured the way to do this instead of doing <laughs> internet trolls and all these things as MFKs, we could look at the leads of each generation of Star Wars films. I already know where I'm going with mine. Uh, and I, again... I was not sure whether to do Obi-Wan Kenobi or Anakin Skywalker for episodes one through three because that's a really hard call on whose story you're choosing to follow because it could be either or when you look at episodes one through three. So, But I ended up going with Anakin, uh, Luke Skywalker, and Rey. Uh, I figured this was a good way to do this. Um, and I feel like we're also at the same time maybe potentially feeding into toxicity by <laughs> having this as well. Oh, I'm, so. I'm absolutely feeding really. into toxicity uh, with mine. Not really. Because we're I, just having fun with the characters. Fun. We're having no fun one's with characters. Attacking this anyone. is not an attack yeah. on Star Wars or anything like that. But we yeah. figured this was because we knew we were going to talk about Star Wars so much this episode. <laughs> it was only befitting to use these characters. So, um, so who is ready to go? I'll go. All I'll right. Go it. ahead. Okay. So... Um, as long as he doesn't try and kill me in my sleep, I'm going to marry Luke Skywalker. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, he's really, I'd be more worried about Anakin doing that. But... That's true. Um, I, I fuck Ray just because I had a huge crush on her from watching episode seven anyway. Um, and I assume by Anakin we're talking Hayden Christensen and not Jake Lloyd because Jake Lloyd would be No, weird. no, no, no. I, I, Hayden Christensen... Is the way we're going. Okay, with this. good. Because if anybody. Don't take it into a creepy place. We made yeah. that mistake with Disney Princesses <laughs> yes, before we did. in the past. And we're trying, um, to, <laughs> trying to refit memory. But I mean, that, the only one that time. leaves left is Mannequin Skywalker, and he's getting killed off. Hmm. <laughs> Just because I. It's Mannequin Skywalker. Aww. I will forever refer to him as Mannequin Skywalker. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Bill. I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's too much of a positive episode. I know. It's okay. It's okay. You're allowed. You can just. What if you just like pushed him out a window or something? <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> like, kill him. Right. He okay. could survive. Like if there's no, if you don't see a body, you don't know if they're dead. Mace exactly. Window could still be alive. Mace Window could still be alive. I'm hey, gonna leave. We had, we had a Sith cut in half, and he came back. That's true. So it's I'm true. gonna leave. Twice. I'm gonna leave Anakin Skywalker on Mustafar. <laughs> um, we'll we'll just leave that one at that. Um, we'll have the one night with Luke Skywalker because yeah, I'm not gonna bank on him not killing me in my sleep. Uh, so we'll marry Ray and we'll have a fun, you know, junk business. On, Aww. On uh, what planet was that? That yeah, Jakku. 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 Yes. Go. Like I don't know any of the planets. <laughs> Which uh, junk planet? <laughs> <laughs> That's more of the right the question. The one we first find Ray on. All right, Mine's actually the same as Bill. Um, I, I, you know what? It's interesting because I know um, I am curious from hearing uh, you guys talk about Clone Wars, Anakin Skywalker, because I feel like that might change my view, but I don't have any of that background. So I'm going solely on the movies, and I just wasn't thrilled with them. So um, he dies, and then... We're killing, we're, yeah. we're killing him slightly one, a little more. One night more. with Luke Skywalker, because I, I, this is in the original, I thought he was whiny. And then... Think of what he could do with the Force. But, but one night I can handle. But Ray can do And then Ray, I really have liked, she's been consistently likable for me. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, marry her. Um, Jess. My answer is going to be very different. <laughs> Yay! You, I think mine's going to be too. You wife up Ray, straight up. <laughs> you wife up Ray, 
I I killed Luke Skywalker. He was, he was too whiny. I can't do it. And it's you fair. absolutely fuck Hayden Christensen. One hundred percent. All of that rage can be put to better use. That's a valid point. I did not think about that. Man. Um, fish. Oh, I I would I would marry Anakin. He, he's he's very passionate. Um, I'm talking Episode Two, Clone Wars. Anakin, very passionate See, guy. Thank you. He's he's not he's not bad at this point. Not all the way. I can help him. I can save him. <laughs> I, can, I can change him. <laughs> oh, now we're going from toxic families to toxic That's relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you know, I end up dead. So what's the difference? <laughs> I'll, I'll kill Luke Skywalker. I'll fuck Ray. That makes Fair sense. I'm, actually, my answer is the same for pretty fairly similar reasons. Um, I, I think the reason you marry Anakin, he's out of all the characters we meet, and even just just talking about the film universe, not even just including things like the version we see out of him in, in Clone Wars, because the version we get out of Clone Wars is pretty fantastic, actually. But I would say he's the only character that we see a massive love interest outside of Han and Leia. You know, we, we obviously see that grow pretty heavily, but, like, he's willing to do anything for the person he loves. Like, he's willing to commit mass genocide to save the person he loves. So it's going to be a very committed relationship. <laughs> and he, you may end up a battered spouse because we do see that play out, unfortunately. But, I mean, you know, you know, and, and you've got that little inkling in your mind saying, I can change him. <laughs> That's true. I said, next month, toxic relationship. <laughs> I thought um, we were doing cartoons. <laughs> change now. And we can talk about Tom and Jerry at great length. Exactly. Master and Tweety Bird. Pinky in the brain. Um, <laughs> Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. We should do toxic relationships. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we really, really should. This would be an amazing episode. Um but yeah, I would say yeah, you 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 kill kill Luke because I kind of feel like Luke is a interesting character, but he kind of fails upwards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's That's a wonderful character, but accurate. it feels like everything just he doesn't make things happen. Things just happen to Luke. It's just the, <laughs> so, yes. it's the perfect example for how the way the world works. Yes, you just keep failing, <laughs> failing upwards. upwards. <laughs> and uh, but I, again, at the same time, I love this character. But like I said, you know, I, I think in this situation, you you kill him off, and and yet yeah, I think you fuck Ray in this, this situation because we don't know the strength of her. You powers marry her. She's it's such true. a little cupcake. She, she is. is a cupcake. She's very stalwart too. Mm-hmm. She's a survivor. You know, she would be committed. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, it's a very different answer all around tonight, so it's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, again, we did mention um, our next episode, uh, before we all get a chance to say goodbye, we will be talking about the cartoons of the 80s and 90s and why they hold a special near and dear place for us. So I am bringing an epic pun run for the next one. As okay. you should. Because we need some levity here. Yes, we do. We absolutely, absolutely do. Um, so, um, like I said, and I, we actually started plotting out um, quite a few of our episodes going into this year. I think we had like four or five listed. But we oh. do know um, that is going to be our very next one. And I think one of the things that we're really going to push for, I think we only had eight episodes last year. We're going to try to push to get close as possible to 12. It's always hard <laughs> to run the holidays. Um, we, I can already tell you all now, our final episode of 2019 will be Star Wars Spectacular 2. Um, so yeah. we will be closing out the Skywalker saga. Uh, and I think that was the best way to end to end 2019 already ahead of time. So is yeah. where we'll go. But like I said, we've got a lot of fun content coming this year. And uh, it's really cool that 
We're coming into this year with all new equipment. You're, you're getting a better quality show and hopefully more thought-provoking episodes like this um, will be coming in the future as well. But we'll make sure there's plenty of levity to go around as well. So um, so uh, starting with Ben, why don't we kick around if you want to discuss any projects you're working on or fun things you're doing in, in Geekdom? No, not really. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I got to, of course, not plug the, the DC Primetime podcast that you and I do every week. Uh, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime, in which we talk about all the DC shows, mainly the Arrowverse right now, but we'll be going into some of the uh, the DC Universe streaming service shows over the course of the spring and summer. Uh, I have my other podcast, which was is the Lost Revisited podcast, which we talk <laughs> about a uh, new episode of Lost every week. Uh, I have my Spotlight interview podcast, in which I actually have an interview, to, well, it'll be past the, it's tomorrow as of right now. With uh, a character actor named Patrick Kilpatrick, in which if you've ever seen any action film from the 80s and 90s, you have seen Patrick Kilpatrick. He's usually playing like a uh, a bad guy, and he almost mm-hmm. dies in every movie that he's in. So I'm going to get to enjoy talking to him this week. Uh, other than that, I've got Phenomicon plans in the works, but I'll wait to reveal more details on that when they come to fruition. Cool. Sweet. Bill, I have fallen hard once again into the world of Magic the Gathering. I'm <laughs> probably going to be spending way too much money on it in the near future. And any plans for possibly souping up my PC rig to do streaming are going to be put on hold <laughs> until it's I magic. stop playing Magic again. <laughs> yeah, that's I've about been it. There. Fish. Uh, I don't have any specific projects. Um, my daughter's joining a troop in the BSA, so which is starts yeah. oh, one of the very awesome Friday, very first too. Yeah, that is so. So cool. uh, I'm excited about that. We have a celebration going on Friday night for nice. the whole troop. It'll be great. That's and then really you're also awesome. building a couple lightsabers right I now am too. I'm building aren't you? a couple of lightsabers right now. I, I gotta what? I gotta work on my <gasps> soldering lightsabers skills <laughs> a little bit better and get things solidified so that uh, it all doesn't fall apart once it's all together. And uh, I'll be ready to show them off soon. Nice. Cool. Um, I got books. Some some you, you, books. You, you should expand upon that, especially <laughs> okay. considering you have ones getting ready to come out, like uh, and pre-orders going up in like days. Tomorrow. Yes. Um, I have a steampunk romance that's uh, kicking off a new steampunk series. Um, but it's a bunch of, it's a trilogy of novellas. And then I'm going to be called The Whitfield Files. It's the first books of Tinkers and Technomancers. And then um, I'm plowing through the final, writing the final book in my shifter series, Tribal Spirits, which will hopefully be ending this year all I guess the rest of the books are all coming out. The first two are already out. And then you also have the air, third and final airship audiobook will be out any day now, too. Any right? day now. Yeah. Any day. <laughs> Just wait. Waiting for it. I'm waiting Me for too. it. Me <laughs> too. I keep checking. It's done. <laughs> it's yes. complete. I need it in my ear holes. <laughs> <laughs> I have some freelance editorial things happening. Hopefully, I'll have Yay! something to talk about as far as comics go soon, but not yet. <gasps> And then, other than that, I'm just going to be playing Kingdom Hearts 3 for a while, oh you guys. Gosh, I think there's a few of us yes. at this that's, table uh, going to be doing that. That's what's on my horizon. Yeah, for mm-hmm. me, it's Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts. Um, and <laughs> that will be happening starting tomorrow night. So we'll yes. probably be a couple days in by the time you guys hear this episode. So, um, <laughs> But uh, beyond that, though, too, uh, we've got another iron in the fire for another podcast we're going to do later this year. It's going to be a very short podcast 
short run um, show. It's only going to be limited show. Yep. It's going to air for two months and we're going to probably have friends and guests on for it where we're going to be. I think the the title is it's called uh, uh, Still Afraid of the Dark, where we're going to be talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes and Halloween shows and specials from our childhood. So nice. spooky stories and things like that. Right. Yep. So that's and that's purely fun. all it's going to be. Probably I think, go, and it's going to air. I think only in September and October. Yeah, leading um, up to Halloween. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and I think we might go into like some Shel Silverstein and stuff right. like that. Oh, nice. And we'll we'll probably be just uh, recording that sometime in the summer, and it'll be all ready to go and get released. But yeah, I think it's definitely going to be called uh, "Still Afraid of the Dark." Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So we're looking for awesome. that. Yeah. Um, but um, aside from that, a good special um, thanks to our good friend DJ Cutman at Game Chop Records for the music you hear on this podcast. And it's really funny, too, because I'm pretty sure the music that we use for the show is the shop, uh, shop channel for uh, the Wii U. And the Wii, the Wii <laughs> Shop channel just went offline officially as the day of recording this. So, uh, so not long until this music is no longer going to be able to be heard anywhere. So, oh. uh, with the exception of obviously through game chops, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, um, beyond that though, yeah, so we'll see you guys probably near the end of February for the cartoon episode. Hey, so. wait, wait, one more thing. Mm-hmm. Be sure to check out this podcast, the DC podcast and all other podcasts on the next level podcast network, next level radio online.com. Yep. Yeah. That's, yep. <laughs> that, <plug> the network. <laughs> you did already plenty when you were talking, so it's okay. <laughs> I never mentioned the network, so I had to do it. Yeah, there there's tons go. of other shows on there, so yeah. something for everybody. Yep. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, uh, we'll see you guys around the bend, um, and we'll see you guys next month. Bye. Adios. Bye. Bye.